Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here for a special edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are live streaming a Tout Wars draft. It's a 15-team league. Innings pitched and saves plus holds. Nothing changed on the batter side, but the pitchers are a little bit different settings than we are used to. And I'm joined by an old friend of ours. Hasn't been here in a while. It's been way too long, but he is drafting alongside of me today. John Legaza from The Athletic. How you doing, man? Joey, we've been doing a lot of battle recently, right? You and I are like... They, they, people keep pitting us head to head. I was actually lucky. I got the I got the best of it last year, so I'll be representing us in the in the main event. Those qualifiers are great, man. I really, if anybody's unfamiliar and looking to kind of get into NFBC, that's my highest recommendation because it can be very expensive. But for a buck twenty five, you can get in the qualifier and you get all of you know you you get all the bad stuff, right? All the high end competition, all the really difficult draft rooms. But again, it's a pretty reasonable price and it's a great way to cut your teeth for the main event, you know? And if you win, it's going to take all. And I was lucky enough to do just that. Yeah, you were wire to wire, I think. You had like 130 Roto points or something. No. You know what's funny, man? Roto is something. I've actually heard you speak about this on your on your show. It's remarkable that we could play for six months, thousand moves with 3,500 players, and somehow it comes down to one seed at the end of the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Base hit or one strikeout. You know, the thing I wanted to mention – just to make sure that we're you're on the same page. You mentioned no changes for offense. This is an OBP league, my friend. This is OBP. This is an OBP league. I'm very glad I let you know that, and stick your right to that. Even though I didn't, Jesus, I was looking through the whole thing. I didn't see that mentioned anywhere. Yeah, so this is the old category. This is the old category league. Tout Wars IP with Soldier has an OBP league. Okay, okay, that is. Good you know, it'd be know. funny if it's not like. That would be so funny if it's not good. Like I, I played last year, but things do change. I'm looking at the. He actually sent me like the rules. Uh, God, it's like so short. Something things are so funny. I, I hope I didn't throw you off. I'm not, dude. I want to. I want to say like I'm like a 99 percent positive. Well, seeing Soto go third overall, I think I would have got the idea. Yes. Okay. I'm actually yes. I'm looking. I can see the finished standings from last year, and it is certainly OBP. Listen, yeah, okay. I can. No, Can you hear the, the the sound coming through on yes, your Yes, I too? have heard the bling kind of come in. It won't let me mute it. It says it's... Have you muted. tried muting the actual tab? Sometimes you can go through... I don't know if you use Chrome or whatever you're using. Sometimes you can right-click the tab and mute the tab itself. Sometimes that works. Um... Or maybe you could just kill the sound. Yeah, how do I do that? I just don't want people to be hearing this uh, beeping yeah. the whole time in the background. Um. All right, we're flying. Acuna, Strider went to Soto, to Towers, like you said. OBP slant. It's weird how the volume's still coming through. It shouldn't be. Tucker went to Steinhorn. I'm like, let's see. I haven't, of course, me. I'm like, I, I should, breaking the first rule, playing on a different format. I should have like played around. Oh, I'm on the clock. Man, unbelievable. Corbin Carroll, Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman. Man, funny Joe. I've been not say sweating, but you know, I've had my I've had my third eye on the on the five outfielder, and I feel like it kind of dries up. So I had been leaning to it. So I think I'm gonna check both those boxes. I'm gonna go with my boy Aaron Judge. Okay. Even though, you know, there are steals and Carroll does a lot. I think I think Judge is kind of determinative in OBP. 
Yeah, I have no problem at all with Judge. I was a little worried about what they were saying recently with his uh, with his foot that it's going to bother him for the rest of his career or whatever whatever it was they said. Oh, you want to? Can, can, can I address that really quick? Yeah, yeah, go Not for it. Not that I have inside knowledge of this stuff, but you know, maybe I just been hanging out with Doctor Dave too long. You kind of realize, you know, maybe to pull the threads on this stuff. So what what they had said, I went and listened to it. Was just that it would be requiring maintenance all year. Okay, okay. now he broke a toe. I don't know if you've ever had a kind of toe injury. All you could do with the toe is basically splint it or cut it off. In his case, there's a good chance the way he smashed it that he just messed up his nail somehow. And the maintenance they could be talking about are literally like, you know, pedicures and stuff. And, I, and it sounds funny, but I know from uh, in another lifetime, I was an electrician. You're on the clock, my friend. Christine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I wanted to make sure we didn't, we didn't, I didn't lull you to sleep. <laughs> and in my other life as an electrician, I have actually smashed my fingers. And I go through the same exact thing. Like I am a, I'm, I'm a, I have a lifetime finger maintenance guy because if I don't do it, I'll get an ingrown nail or a hang nail or something. And then that could mess you up and get infected and hurt you for a month. So that's kind of the feeling that I got that he's just going to be, you know, pedicured and splinted. I really didn't take much of it. I think God of God's fine. How much do you think it'll affect the stolen bases? I mean, I don't really expect much from him in the first place. Yeah. You know, he's done pretty well with the uh, with the new rules, which I like, right, guys that are non-zeros. I think that is important in this one. What do you go? He stole three last year and 458. Year before, 16, felt a little high. Projections are around eight. Yeah, I dig that. I give you, yeah, kind of like seven to ten somewhere. Where I think, and you know what's funny? Again, we mentioned how lease can come down to the very last day. Can't turn your nose at seven to ten steals. It, it matters, right? Even among hitters, like I think to me that's a big difference between Judge and Jordan Alvarez and stuff. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right there. It's a couple versus nothing. Jordan at least you know pretty much is gonna be zero. maybe one, maybe one. Uh but Judge actually has a potential to give you a few there at least. Yeah. And uh those tens certainly do certainly do stack up. Yeah, I'm just um, just trying to map out my next couple of picks, but it is very difficult because we get used. To, I know you and I play a lot of NFBC. You get used to the way those drafts tend to go, and then you see Bobby Witt Jr. go 14th overall, and your brain kind of has a malfunction. Yeah, well, I guarantee you, Jeff is doing like a dance right now in his chair, <laughs> because again, there comes there there comes a point where you not to say you ignore it, but you you know you take all the rest of the good stuff that. That comes with it. It just can hurt you, right? If he repeats, I had to check it myself. 319 OBP is a pretty big difference from the 400s that you can get from some of the guys up top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I see you going nuts there with the blue, with the, the sound. Oh, Man, I, I would think it would be on the, on the, either on the draft settings that you could just mute all notifications or something. It might be on like your league page where you have to just mute notifications from the league. It might be, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, that that might that be my guess because I haven't played fan tracks in a bit. Um, for whatever reason, I don't understand all the all the ins and outs, like the legalities. But I can't play best ball there anymore, which again I don't understand. I can play underdog best ball. I can play NFBC baseball, and I can gamble, but I can't play fan tracks. It's not allowed in New York. The laws are so weird. I'll it's never so understand stupid. it. It's so stupid. And, and I know there's not a betting thing, but it lends itself to what's one of the major problems with betting itself 
is the disparity in prices and illiquidity in the market and it's not i don't want to say it's not fair but it's not it's not standardized and we want these things to be standardized yeah. to make it more you know easier to uh to follow and again in a, in a world where like let's say the government got involved in standardizing you'd actually be able to trade slips earlier like you know, let's say I made a, I got a game that was over under eight and it went up to nine. I'd be able to sell that as a value on an open market, which is like really galaxy brain here. But really? Okay. Well, I'm just, well, that's how securities kind of work, right? When you have a fixed and standardized price, then you'd be able to offer these things on an open market. The reason you can't do this with betting is it's like technically legal, but they're not working together. It's not standardized. The pricing is different and stuff. I'm, I would be surprised if the stuff I'm talking about, I, I know it's galaxy brain, but maybe like 10 years down the road. Anyway. You you think about your pick. I'll get people on the horn. So Ponce went with Siege went Carroll and Olsen at the turn. Then it was J Ram, Austin Raleigh, Pete Alonzo, and Trey Turner. Amazing Turner, a guy that's like a 101 type of player, right? In past, has now fallen so far. I actually wrote him up by ranks. Shameless self-promotion incoming. Follow me on Twitter at Jolagaza. Pin tweet is to my top 655. But I also did the over a hundred. Detailed write-ups, thirty plus tiers to get you through your drafts. Favorite DC picks, and then I have like under, uploadable underdog stuff, CSP stuff. And what I was going to get to with Turner Joe is, gosh, man, not to get into like the billboard stuff, but like, man, he was basically himself. You know, down the stretch. Yeah. And um, where's? Oh gosh, I want to. You're like, on the, the clock here, John. I know. I'm trying to hit. The, I'm trying. To, I didn't. I never haven't used this this draft room in a minute. Okay, I didn't click. Me the plus. Yeah, I clicked on the player name and not the plus, and it didn't have like a draft out here. I was looking for my guy Zach Wheeler. I'm pretty out of touch with fan tracks at this point. I've been just so much NFBC. I've still got my home leagues on Yahoo, but I don't really play yeah. much fan tracks anymore. Make sure we scan the ADP, right? Good tip for people. Anytime you're using different formats, yeah. Dude, I have my so my home league is on CBS. It's my point league, and nothing is more disparate, right? I mean, if you just have NFC, which I've done, and you go sit at this board, you go scan it down and go, "Oh my goodness, I got so and so was going ten rounds later than you thought." It's just really worth it to go look and kind of take some time and scan through it. Yeah, you know what it, I want to ask you because this is a little bit different. I mean, not to give not any names, but the the Saints hold thing does that really move the needle for you? I get that question a lot. I think it will a little bit. If anything, it just kind of makes me more certain about about certain names, um, guys who I'm not 100 percent sure they're going to be the closer all year. But even if they're not, you know, the Jose Alvarados of the world, Andres Munoz, as it gives yeah. you a little more certainty there. I still think yeah. the top tier guys are are going to be elite one way or the other. Uh, it doesn't change too much for me at the top. More so as you go down the board a little bit, and then you get into those kind of questionable committees. That's where I see more value in it personally. What about you? Yeah, it's funny because we've swapped wins for innings pitched. Yeah, you're not really going to move the needle with relievers. Now, I guess there's an argument to be made if you have one of the, you know, what's a full the highest guy is probably 75 or 80. Apparently, like even if you're streaming, you still you might get more than that streaming because you can not say guarantee it, but you get a good look ahead. So it really kind of slims it down. So I was thinking about moving them further back, assuming I might be able to like stream hold guys that no one really wanted. Yeah. But this league was only 12 teams last year. Mm. So when I was looking at the roster, look who's left, look who's left. But now you add these extra squads. I don't know. So I'm, I'm thinking my regular fab process might be in order. Let's get one guy we know we can bank on, and then maybe we'll figure out the rest. Yeah, I'm absolutely there with you. It's still the same 
like nine starting pitchers. It's the same kind of roster construction format wise as it is on the NFBC, 14 batters and nine pitchers. Yeah. Um, will you change your your standard? Like, I'm not sure what your standard is. Six starters, three relievers or something like that. Is that what you tend to do or seven and two? Yeah, it depends on the quality of that reliever. Yeah. Okay. In, in this one, again, I think because we're chasing a second category and there are going to be teams that are just inherently disinterested because those are full already. And like I said, you're not going to move innings pitched. You're hardly moving strikeouts. Like it's really about that one category. Yeah. I, I might be the only person shopping for holds in season, I feel like. So I'm, I'm probably just going to go with one or two. I've done very well in my past with starting pitching. I think it has to do with the handicapping work I do, right? You can, we kind of have a microscope out on a yeah. lot of the starting pitchers. So I lean into my strength, which again, moving to NFPC, so bad at offense. Like I never understood, I never properly understood batting average. I know we said this is OBP, but I, I hadn't properly understood batting average. It's tricky. I mean, you talk about NFPC in general. My first year was last year, and you go in thinking, you know, I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. It was a tough year. It was definitely a tough year, just kind of getting used to um, the way that things work, the way that fab, fab is. You know, just when you're used to the waiver system, Fab is just a whole new game. It's still fantasy baseball, yeah. obviously, but it's just a completely different animal altogether. Um, but it's a lot more fun, I think. I think I've had a lot more fun playing fantasy baseball in the NFBC than than I had on Yahoo and, and the different sites. Nothing against the sites. I think it's just the level of player you're playing against more so. Yeah, that too. I, I had to really get just to the Friday lineup swap, like allowing, you know, again, if people are, yeah, NFBC allows you to change your hitters only on Friday for the weekend, which is really great, man, right? We've all lost hitters on Monday, and you hate eating that zero, and it's nice if you have something to be able to stick it in there. Yeah. And you realize – it's funny because, again, I, I happen to be good at fab because I think I'm really cheap. So that in itself has helped me in NFBC fab. Like, you really don't want to overpay for people. You want to get guys at your price. If not, just get the next guy. You know, a lot of people overpay for pieces they don't end up holding on to. So there I did well. But what I didn't do well, Joe, was so I didn't ever take like a broad enough view, I guess. Because mm. I'd be looking at the results. And, of course, we're focused on did you get your guy. Not realizing like, wait, why are all the Cardinals going? Why do the best – why do all the best players get take all the Cardinals? And because they're going to Colorado next week. And this guy's about to mop up, you know, four games in Colorado that maybe they go somewhere else good, Cincinnati or something like that. And you didn't realize that for a dollar, he's going to be stacking all the best spots. You know, and there is something to maximizing those optimum plate appearances that I really had to adjust to. Not, I haven't perfected it, but now, you know, p- people like yourself – the boys are on the wire. Guys like DiPietro are are, now, are looking more forward, and I understand that's something that's important. Oh yeah, I that's another thing. Like going into last year, I was thinking, do I need to change my lineups every single Friday? Like that was my initial mentality of you know most weeks you got your guys, you got your 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 regulars. They're playing seven games. There's no need to tinker with it really. But that was a huge rookie mistake. You know, you look at the work of guys like Mike Curland and guys who cover lineups, and you'll find these little advantages over the course of a weekend or even over the course of a, a full week or two, um, just by slotting in some guys that normally you wouldn't care about into your lineup, whether it's a Rocky or it's uh, somebody going to Colorado, somebody on the Reds or somebody, you know, also going to Cincinnati or something like there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into winning uh, an NFBC league as opposed to, to winning a public league on Yahoo or ESPN or, or anywhere else. Really. It's, it's a whole different animal. I know sometimes it gets a reputation of, 
a, a few different things, you know, snob or whatever, but it is a great place to play fantasy baseball. That's the main okay. takeaway from the NFBC. Like there are great people and terrible people on every platform, but it's a great place to actually be playing your, your leagues, I think. And the price points, you know, they do have leagues that cost thousands of dollars, but they also have leagues that cost 50 bucks. So you can get in at a fairly low price point as well. Yeah, that's it. That's, you know, I, you're very good about this stuff too. We never want to speak for other people's like cash flow. But again, it's six months, and you really need to look at it like that, right? You know, before you're saying, oh, even – and again, listen, I think objectively $5,000 for a fantasy league is a lot, and it's kind of nuts. Oh, yeah. But when we get to, like, even at 100 or like I mentioned, MEQs, main event qualifiers for a buck 25, the amount of work you put in that $125 is – I think it's I think it's worth it. It's a good spot. See, I'm already kind of feeling the pressure of OBP having not leaned towards steals early. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm already, like, feeling the burn – then I think I'm just going to kind of lean into the OBP stuff and try and stack my steals. Like, oh, man, I'm torn between Altuve's the OBP or, like, Luis Robber is more like the balance. I think I'm going to go – I think I'm actually going to go Robber because I think I have a better chance of, like, a 25-25, you know, and just try and get my – try and build build the balance, right, the uh, do yeah. so, keep your options open, which, I, you know, it's very – it's funny how the best ideas – Oftentimes, I'm not saying that you know, are not necessarily original. I'm trying to knock them, but right, they're just the, the like the best framed, right? The most properly framed, the most succinct, the most concise. And Phil really nailed it with that, right? That's what it's all about. And I have noticed falling back on that and what he said people was could do keep all drafting options open. I forgot what the second O was, but it makes sense, right? Especially in five by five, where you want to be careful not to pigeonhole yourself into leaning on players that are extremely flawed and can lead to a single point of failure. So I've been finding if I got a guy that could just, just put a little bit in every bucket. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to just kind of move it forward, you know, from, from there, maybe keeping an eye on power where speed is probably a little bit easier to find on the wave wire nowadays. Yeah. Middle infielders coming up, youngsters coming up home runs. I think you have to leave the draft with home runs. I really believe that. I think you can find power late and even in on fab, but it's not going to be coming with anything else. Like it's going to be bad batting average, no speed. It's going to be a single category power guy. If you find him, you know, uh, Brent Rooker or a Joey Gallo or somebody like that, I feel like, and those guys might be drafted here. Um, but I feel like you can generally find some power. It's just kind of shitty. and doesn't come with, with a lot else if you're able to find it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe last year. See, it's also, human nature to just look back at the most recent event and assume that will happen again. Yeah. Uh, the thing that came to my mind is that it was very hard to find power last year. Again, that doesn't mean it will happen again. Right. You mentioned Rooker and like Swinsky was out there, but even Swinsky, if you had managed to get that, he took you on a roller coaster and you may not have even gotten all of those home runs. Right. And that's, that's yeah. another thing I hear you talk about that I like to talk about when I do my fantasy work is be careful looking at some of these stat lines. Like if you, even for pitchers, too, the same thing. You know, there's some pitchers that, hey, man, you weren't going to start them against the Braves and the Dodgers. And that's how you could game log snip, but you could say, hey, they beat the teams they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Or in reverse, is the playing time reliable, right? You know, it's going to be interesting. That's something I get stung with on NFBC, too, although that's one of those you can't do anything about it, right? You have a guy that sits against lefties, which is the danger of having platoon guys. He has two lefties in a three-day set. All of a sudden, you have to start thinking about sitting a guy you would have never sat on a week format. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. You prefer weekly over daily leagues, I guess, at this point? Yeah, I, I don't think I could do daily. And maybe NFPC did figure it out. Nothing's going to be perfect. Daily leagues are a little too intense for me because it opens up. And again, it's part of strategy. It's not cheating. You're playing within the rules, but it just opens up too much. Like, I don't want to say chicanery, but that's the word that comes to my mind without implying anything negative. You know, yeah. that it, it, there's, a, there's a lot there. So Paul in the chat doesn't seem to be happy that we're talking quote unquote nonsense instead of talking about the picks. Uh, you can see the picks on the screen here. We are going through it every now and again, but we are also okay. Let's get back on track for that. He's strategy right. stuff as well. Knows the first the, so. This is what you get with the two of us. We're going to bounce around. We're going to go off topic uh, here and there as well. But the board is on screen for you guys here. Um, Not a lot of surprises, you know. The first three or four rounds are generally who you think, where you think. You know, you mentioned, you know, a guy like Witt fell further than you think, and Carroll fell further than you think. Those might end up being real gifts. You know, where a guy like Schwarber moves into the middle of the second round. But most players don't – that don't, it doesn't really – I don't want to say it doesn't move that, it doesn't move that, that much because you're still looking for all those other skills. Right now, you know, we still need runs and ribbies and stuff. Man, I started outfielder, outfielder. With Wheeler in the middle, a little Wheeler sandwich, and now I'm I'm going to be up again, and I'm not sure where to go because you know this is where you get caught swapping OBP. Like I love Adolis Garcia, but that's another guy who might drag my OBP a touch. Whereas like oh, Nolan Jones, his numbers are staring at you, but like what are the chances of repeating that stuff? Although I don't think he's very repeatable. I think those steals were a huge anomaly. He had like a 400 BABIP. He's still going to be fine, I think. Yeah. But he's not worth the fourth round tag. I don't think. His BABIP was legit historical was just absolutely legit historical okay i am i'm gonna do something a little out of character but i think it works because this is the league for it and we it's it is it is unlimited il so as a conservative as a conservative player i just took royce lewis who's somebody that joe like i you know i won the meq i'm going to the main event i actually parlayed that i'm gonna play in the champions league Okay. There is almost a 0% chance Royce Lewis is on any of those teams. Yeah, he's Maybe on the 12th team. Maybe on the 12th team, same idea, shrunken pool, shoot the upside with the hope you could compensate with replacement value. Yeah. That I don't know how bankable it is. So, like, this is the league that I want Royce Lewis plus there isn't, you know, thousands of dollars on it. But he could really move the needle, gosh, for everything, right? He's got the type of first-round talent. We're just afraid of the injuries. Yeah. I took a bit of a risk myself with my last pick. I took Tyler Glass now. I took him as my SP2. I already had Gosman. Um, what do you think of that? Is that too risky for you? Well, the I think the obvious bugaboo is in, in an innings pitched league. Yeah. His main bugaboo is innings pitched. That said, Joe, I don't think we're that good at predicting innings pitched. <laughs> I think it's one of those things that, like, the projections always go under. Yeah, okay, so it's bet on the under on everybody, and you'll hit more than you lose, but that's not the game we're playing. So I think, I don't know, man. Again, I I don't buy into a lot of this, like, image management stuff. I feel like guys are healthy and they pitch, or they're not healthy and they don't pitch. And very rarely do we have the luxury of, like, oh, yeah, we're going to – he's going to pitch 50 innings and we're going to ease him and he's going to come back and he's going to be fine. Who gets to do that? Can you even think of players who are like, oh, man, thank goodness, you know, we predicted that innings pitch management nailed it. A lot of times it's not really the case, man. If Glasnow was healthy – I'm sorry, there's nothing anyone can tell me that says he can't get to 160 innings, right? And 160 glass now innings is a first-round kind of guy, right? He could be this yeah. – I don't know if he could win the Cy Young in a buck 60, but he's going to be in the conversation as the best pitcher in the game. 
And that's what you're asking for, right? You're getting, you shoot the upside, you're going to get all the strikeouts. I think on a, on a per inning basis, he's just about as good as anybody. I wouldn't want him as my SP1, but I, the reason I took him is because I already had Gosman and I'm okay with having him as an SP2. But I do need to start thinking about outfield because I think there's only a, maybe three or four teams that don't have an outfielder. And this five outfielder league, they are going to go quick. You know what I wanted to look at? Again, we talk about Glass now in terms of innings pitched, which I, I don't think is is necessarily wrong. But this league is not an innings pitched on the season league. It's an innings per start league, right? That's really that's truly what it is because you're not starting Glass now when he's hurt. So you're mm-hmm. interested in the right. amount of innings you're going to get every time you roll him out, right? That's that's really at the key of this. So you bring up Glass now last year too. He's a boss man. He's awesome. You know, five. 11 out of 21, he went at least six innings. Four of those, he went seven. Three of those were money starts. I don't know if you're familiar with my money start is. Seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Yeah, so like, listen, Glasnow is awesome. I'm, I think it's a good point that, you know, let's say he only throws 140 innings. You get to have somebody else throw the other, whatever, 60 or some odd innings. So it's not <laughs> like you're taking a zero. It's you're getting that plus whatever replacement level value is. Yeah. And we, the real getting... worry would be younger guys that are, might only go five, you know? So like that's where as much as I look like, I, we're talking about guys who are still in the board or whatever. Um, like I, Yuri Perez, I think pound for pound, Yuri Perez is as good as legit anybody. Like he's literally, if I yeah. needed to win one game or get three outs, he might be the guy I go to. That said, I think he could get to the season load, but I don't think they're going to get there by letting him go seven. So, like, the difference where Glasnow is a premium guy with seven innings in him, Yuri makes me feel like uh, if there's any chance of them pulling him at five, I think they're going to look to do that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I've drafted Yuri once this year in a DC, and his price started going down immediately after. And I probably, if I did the DC a week later, could have had him as you know a full round later. I think it's just strictly worries about – the workload is it going to be 120 innings is it going to be 150 100 like what do you think is the upper upper max for yuri perez is it 160 yes what you get get what you got it's like you get if you can promise me 160 i'm going to push him up around and make sure i have him in 100 yeah. of leagues the problem is are we going to get there and you know what joe this is, this is perfect i know people want to hear all the picks but you know, do the wrap yelich garcia bichette machado nolan jones bellinger justin Steele. Uh, i was kind of hoping jones was going to fold me but um, <laughs> um, sure. What was I saying? Um, oh, the the upper crust for for Perez uh, and how the news gets in the way. They said something about managing his innings, dude. Getting him to 160 is managing his in, his innings. It's also 30 freaking starts. Like, I, I just think we haven't had news, so what? We're, we're we're dying for it, and it comes in, and we like feel like we need to react to every little thing. There's people like myself that are doing rankings. It's hard not to, you know, these things are fluid in nature. Just start shifting stuff around, dog. Yeah. The I, the worry for Perez is different from Glass now, even though, like I said, I think we have them both around 150 to 160. Glass now could pitch the whole way. You know what I mean? Like we 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 eliminate these things where he could. If he goes 32 starts, you could get a buck 85 for him, and he's the Cy Young. You know, it's not yeah. out of the question. I don't know if the Dodgers are going to push him so much, at least early on, and then as the season 
you know, makes its way into the summer. They'll want him to be throwing six or seven innings probably down the stretch to get him ready for the postseason. Um, I, I still think we're probably going to see at least 130, 140, at least. And even 140 glass now innings is probably, at worst, the top 10 starting pitcher. So, I, and I wouldn't really want him as my number one starter, but considering unlimited IL, considering I already had Gosman, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with with Glass now there. But I do need to start thinking about uh, outfield and some other categories as well. Man, Abrams is like calling my name. I know his OBP was trash last year, but it wasn't it wasn't through his minor league career. You know, and like you get in trouble with that too, right? Like I said, you look at the most recent thing and it automatically expect last year's OBP is not necessarily predictive. You know, it's not going to guarantee this year's. Mm-hmm. Pitcher, 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 steal, freed, snell, Lazardo, the that kind of clump is starting to get peeled off. I feel pretty confident my pitching, you know, the uh the wheeler start is pretty good. Maybe I do need to add one with other people going and let the hitters kind of come to me. I really like Rodriguez, so I think if if Grayson makes it to three picks, I'm going to go with Grayson. And if not, man, I don't know. You know, you see the big OBP on O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, it was what, like 25 bats? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he he really, really worries me. He really worries me. Well, he did fall, so I'm, I'm going to go with Grayson as my number two. I really like him for a big-time breakout this year. Preferably, he's like a three-starter. But I think we're actually – you mentioned NFPC – one of the things it's known for, Joe, right, is the the kind of helium, the steam that pitchers get towards the end. I think we're yeah. seeing a bit of that actually, right, where pitching runs happen and ADP just goes out the window. Nobody cares, right? And that's a good lesson for people that get into NFBC. Like, be ready for people to just completely ignore it. They don't. They don't care. They have right their plan greater than sign the yeah. site ADP. I have somebody in mind here. I'm hoping DVR leaves them for me. You mentioned he's listening live, probably not. <laughs> I'm not sure if you, I don't think he is. All right, don't risk it. Don't risk it. Don't... <laughs> I'm not going to risk it. Throw him off the scent. Who don't you like? Who Who do you think he should take? <laughs> I think he should definitely take Evan Carter now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That. That's another one. He's got those stats that just pop off the page, but it'd be hard not to admit that yeah. there's at least a transfer for platoon concern. Like um... they're so stacked, and those numbers are very stark. Man, I'm just worried about the OBP. I know, yeah. Uh, I want to take him, but I probably should. You're off to a really great. Your your offense so far. Joe has gone Freeman and Altuve. Like, man, talk about solid, great build with OBP. The two of us might be chasing some some steals together later I, on. Okay, this is a bit of a risk, but yeah, the Jazz player, the Yaz playing the Yaz flute. Man, he's he's awesome, dude. Jazz Chisholm is awesome, and I feel like it's finally reflected in the price. I don't think you're paying for the hope anymore. I think you're, you know, you you waited, and you have a guy that could be a you know top fifteen overall kind of hitter. Yeah, thirty thirties in the cards for him. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But the OBP is also <clears throat> probably three ten, three fifteen, three twenty. Now, there's something that I'm noticing, which is not mimicking NFBC, and it has to do with the back end of the draft room. So even if we include you, Joe, six teams. So we're we're wrapping up the fifth round, and we've had six teams, and there's only five total outfielders drafted. Something yeah. for you and I to both keep an eye on if you're deciding about outfielders later. 
just realize it's probably not coming back to you. They're, they're, see, like, that's something I try to be cognizant of even mid-draft because if I was in that clump, I'd already be thinking about that, worried how I was going to make my five outfielders. You know, Ray Flowers doesn't have a single outfielder yet. And yeah. he looks really good. Otani, Trey Turner, Framber Valdez, Alex Bregman, Joe Ryan. Sarah doesn't have one either, so she might double tap once it gets back to her at the six. Absolutely, seven. that's another good call, my man. Yeah, another really good call. But same for Towers. I didn't notice the uh, the orange. I don't know why the orange blended with like the, there's a, a few different kind of light shades here. Yeah, the but colors yeah, being different doesn't help either. The color yeah, tower. I, how about I didn't even notice it went in the same way because I was confusing the the, the colors a little bit. Yeah. Oh, F1, but like man. yeah, I mean yeah, Sarah doesn't have one, and Towers has one. So, again, there's going to be a push for outfielders, and I think that's what I was mentioning before, that there's a press there's a press to get full-time outfielders. You know what I don't – you mentioned, like, looking ahead. I try not to look too far ahead and have it make me make decisions I'm not totally into, but you should have an idea of how the draft board's going to play out. And I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of overpaying. Man, a lot of my favorite young pitchers just went back to back to back to back. Geez, that was Yuri Perez, Bryce Miller. Then Abrams went with Casas at the turn of the siege. Zach Eflin, Evan Carter, Cole Reagans was the other one I was alluding to. Man, so all the all the like the young stud muffins, all those young pitchers are are gone now. Oh man, I can, I really want to do something, but again, I mean, I set myself up for a good base of OBP with Freeman and Altuve, but I'm gonna kill it here if I do what I want to do. Uh... Well, I don't think I think it's similar to average. I don't think one person's gonna destroy you unless it's you're right. You're right. Maybe, you yeah. Know, I'm going to make my pick and then. I, but at the steam poke, yeah. O'Neill Cruz, maybe. Hey, I think. Through 20 PAs, maybe still. I think what we can do sometimes, or what I do sometimes, is you see there's like one different category, and then you just only look at that one category. And then we just are only looking at OBP or we're only looking at whatever, as opposed to still factoring in everything else. So that's kind of a good call. I can sometimes maybe get a little bit too bogged down and I need to get the OBP because it's an OBP league. When in and reality, it's a standalone. Remember, you, you could win without a category. It's no overall. Yeah, no overall. That's right. You could win without a category. But I, I do like to stress to people because this is something, again, I, I mentioned my own struggles with batting average. I think it extends to ratios in general. Lots of people much smarter than me have done this work. It's pretty much – I feel like it's pretty much solidified in the data that ratios are hard to make up for. Yeah. So try and get off the good starts if you can. Oh, man, you know, I was talking about Kim, and Hassan Kim really fell back, and that that really gets me to steals and stuff that I was looking for. If he gets the good BEWP again, yeah, I think my pick is made for me. So I'm going to go Kim here. Hassan Kim, come on down. And he's got a ton of eligibility also, which is always fun. You know, it's always uh, helpful. Eligibility, I mean, the, at least the top of that lineup is incredible. I don't, I can't say much about the bottom of it, but when you're surrounded by Tatis and Machado, I mean, I think you're you're probably. You okay think they're there. done, Joey? I, I kind of have this sneaking suspicion the Padres are going to just take whatever's left. Uh, Tommy Pham, Adam Duvall, and all of a sudden you go, oh wow, you know, because not to over exaggerate, but like, man, Adam Duvall's a pretty great number seven hitter, right? I'd love yeah. to have Adam Duvall knocking in whoever's left on base, trying to pull all those fly balls. He's a he's a pull power god. But right at Fam is out there, and he's kind of impactful. He could be a good five or six guy. So I think I'm hoping that <laughs> it's funny. There's so much talk. You mentioned Curlin and you know the uh, Jason at Roster Resource. Man, they do excellent, excellent work, right? Yeah. But it's impossible to get it right. 
so I think we also have to keep in mind that like these guys are probably a little too powerful, like in the space. It's true, right? Because I have to look at the Padres for the longest time. Matthew Batten was was penciled in as like a starter yeah. for the Padres. I just like I don't think that's going to happen. No. Right now, Jason put Jackson Merrill in. Do you think he can get? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't know. I I I saw Mike was toying with putting Sterling in or adding him to the forty man or whatever he was going to do. I don't know if he'll start opening day or anything, but I don't think they'll keep him down for too long either. I'm 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 still kind of torn. And the thing is, with so many free agents unsigned, still there are so many pieces that could still like if they sign a couple of you know to your point, if they sign Duvall or JD Martinez or whoever, then I don't see Merrill coming up as soon as we maybe hope. But. I wish these guys would just sign already. I'm so tired of it. And I'm sure they are too at this point. We're going to be March. It's going to be March in a couple of days. And... But that's what's happening. That's what's what's happening is they're saying, uh, you know, by all means, go look for three years. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get it when you're ready to take the, what I got. It's here waiting for you. That's how I assume these things go. Yeah. Right. It's you generally about years. Fam probably wants the second year or maybe the third year. Someone is offering either the first year or just the second year. The AEV is probably even higher because what we're obviously what we know about these these guys are all billionaires. They all make a ridiculous amount of money and they want to avoid the years that they're okay shelling out an extra couple mil. And again, if you're a guy like Fam, he's done nothing but produce. The guy goes there, he hits for power, he does bases, he like gets it done. But you know, I don't know. Maybe there's more to it. I, I don't know how this is going to reflect on Boris and if this is going to be something that over time people will shy away from him a little bit because maybe he'll be perceived as holding out, being greedy or whatever, and then you end up with a Bellinger getting $80 million when everybody thought, thought it was going to be well over 100 I don't know how much <clears throat> that reflects on Bellinger or Boris or the league itself, uh, but I think that the process is kind of broken. Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is with these big men's mega monster contracts. And remember the guarantee. Yeah. So I don't I have no love for the owners, but you do have should right if we're trying to understand it, we should do our best to understand it objectively. And that's the problem is, is it's not like if you get hurt, you get fifty percent of it. And if you get hurt tomorrow, I gotta pay the whole thing and it's a total bane. You know, so you look to get shorter deals, so you're gonna get these games of of chicken, unfortunately. Uh let's see. So Joe, after I went and went, say Suzuki, who I love, Tanner Bybee, who I love, Xander Barwitz, Christian Walker, Kendall Marte, Spencer Steer, Nolan Arenado. One thing you have to notice, right, what's what's the most obvious caveat of the draft so far is that we just wrapped up the sixth round. There's not been a single reliever taken. Yeah, wow. You're right. Not a, not a single one. So I guess we all kind of – I mentioned punting to you, but since you go after me – I'm like thinking about taking Devin Williams if it, if it comes to me, you know, where you could yeah. get the, you know, hopefully the 70 innings where you might get 95 strikeouts, you know, you might get the 35, 40 saves. He has a complete lock on the job and you're going to protect ratios again. So yeah. just, just like a thought. I think this you is know, where people are going to start to, you might get, I don't know if he'll make it to you just thinking about it. Cause every team has a couple starters. They have the base of their offense down. Yeah. People yeah. Just, that's where I was at. And nothing really, nothing really, really, really jumped out to me. Yeah, I think it might Nothing be really really time. jumped out. But, I mean, then the other part of me says, I still think there were like six or seven really good guys. And even if I started a run, there's maybe a chance that one gets, one, one gets back to me. But having a guy like Williams or – I think Edwin Diaz is fine. So, for me, it's Diaz or like Hayter. Gosh, they're so good. Does Hayter worry you at all just considering the talent around him in that pen? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. 
No, I don't think so. No, you don't think Presley? There, I mean, how many, how many wins are they going to? How many wins do you think they're going to get? Uh, within a couple of a hundred, one up yeah, or down. Yeah, so like, yeah, come on. You know, yeah. we know this goes back to this is like Alex Fast lore, but <laughs> Alex was one of the first people to do work on reliever consolidation, mm. and the Astros have been that team forever. You know, people, you have to remember, you can't just look at like, well, this guy had five, this guy had four. Sometimes it's just it's a third day. There's just not happening, right? Where your guy is the absolute lockdown closer. Maybe if it was the playoffs, he would go the third day, but they're not going to do that, right? They have hard and fast rules. The Houston Astros use a single closer. In fact, I think they even did the same thing with Neris last year, right? If we look up like old guys, he's one of those guys at the very top because it's like an exclusive you know, it's just how they see it, right? Kind of old school Joe Torre Yankees where almost formulaic Joe. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm not too worried. I think Hayter is fine. I, I have him, I think, as my second or third. But people are getting – I don't know. Other people are trying to worry me about Edmund Diaz. I'm not really worried. He's like one of the best pitchers on earth. We had a – I think we had the draft got paused because I think there was a timeout pick. Um, okay. Which- Josh Lowe, but we're going, we're getting going again now. I think Towers might have had a uh, an internet problem, but I think we're good to go. Yeah, I think we are good to go. There was some talk in the, okay. in the chat. Sure. I don't usually look at the actual chat. There's enough stuff going on right now. My brain is melting. I just saw that the the thing was paused, so I figured I would check it out. And Chris was having some uh, some technical difficulties, but we're back on now. If you're watching on the YouTube side, uh, I'd really appreciate you guys hitting the subscribe button. We have a lot of stuff on our YouTube page, a lot of fun videos uh, that we have planned for the next few weeks as well. But just uh, over the last couple of weeks, we did our uh, starting pitcher rank battle with Eno Saris and Nick Pollock. We have a ton of team previews, uh, mock drafts, real drafts. So just go and check out our, uh, our preseason 2024 baseball playlist because there's a lot of great stuff over there. Um, I am. I'm. You got me really thinking about this whole reliever thing. I'm. I'm taking one. So I'm taking one for sure. I'm hoping. I know I'm three picks away. So I'm gonna get somebody really, really, really good. I guess like if, I guess if it went Williams Diaz, I'm gonna go Hater. So no, I'm taking one of these guys. I am taking one of these guys. One of the things. Oh, right. Since we're self-promoted, you know, part of my ranks, like I mentioned, Joe, I go through. I kind of start at the top to do detailed write-ups. It's kind of my way to try and connect with the newer. Like players, more novice players, more home league players, right? You and I, we kind of look past first round, second round, whatever. You know, it's easy to kind of look past Devin Williams to Zach Steinhardt, of course. You called it. So I wonder if you think Carlos takes the takes the bait and goes Diaz. Um. Oh, he went hater. He goes hater. All right. So the the run is in full. The run is in full effect, Joe. Yeah. yeah. The run is in full effect. I went Diaz. Oh man! Well, they read my mind, and you read you. They read my mind. You read their mind. You know. Is DVR gonna keep it going? I'm. Just... I don't know. Um, who do you have next? I know Class A is next. He's got a lock, and I know when I did those write-ups, that's what I was talking about. Going through the very top players and seeing that there are differences and stuff. I don't think Class A is as bad as maybe some of the narratives attached. To like he's kind of falling no. off and all that stuff. I don't know about that. Plus, he's got the lock. He's not bad at all. I just think the strikeouts suffer a little bit compared to the other top tier of closers. Yeah, but the, like, the guy after him per ADP, I personally have Duvall ahead of him. Like Diving into some of these guys with the magnifying glass, they're aliens, man. They are just – there's a handful of relievers that are ridiculously good. And, you know, give me the inputs, you know, and if they have the role. So Derek Van Riper did not. He went Hunter Green and, like – 
Man, I'd love, to, I'd love to talk about that. I mean him have an article coming up at The Athletic. Maybe I have to ask him about Hunter Green. I think you know, I, I know that he's got goods, but, man, there's a lot of worries with Green. Forget just injuries, half the, half the games in that ballpark with his fly ball rate. He likes to challenge up in the zone. There are definitely concerns with going with a premium pick for Hunter Green. I didn't think Derek was really in a spot where he needed to because he already had Corbin Burns and Joe Musgrove. He's obviously a you know seasoned veteran. So I'm, I'm guarantee he has a plan, but that's just um, that's just me. I'm looking for more pitchers that I really, really, really believe in. All right. Um, Did we back you into the corner? I'll oh, take, good call. Taking Duran, another guy like, and that. this is part of like the the luxury of the saves and holds format. One of the big worries about Duran is are they going to give him every single save opportunity in this format? They don't have to for him to be valuable. Those Fantastic pick. He will not be pitching low leverage situations. Yeah. Now, again, I don't, I don't know if he's really relative, but you and I are just shooting me. A guy like Griffin Jacks, right? He's another kind of high leverage guy. The other guy back there, I, I draft him in DCs. Then I look back, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm expecting. But yeah, the Twins do mix and match a bit back there. Riley Green, Emmanuel Classe goes after, and then Dylan C. So yeah, quite the closer run. Uh, Jeff in the chat here is saying that Eno had Classe projected for the most Ks. I could see lowest WHIP, but most Ks would surprise me. Unless it's a oh, ball. that's great. I wonder if uh, now I didn't hear this. I wonder if me and Eno were barking at the same tree here. Here I'll read. Here I'm gonna just read my quick blurb for my rank. So I got from a real life standpoint, Class A is as close to a perfect ninth inning guy as you can get. Literally, no one has more saves over the last two seasons. For 240 career innings, he's dominated both lefties and righties to a 231 max Woba, which is, like, ridiculous. Two ERA, sub one whip, 62% ground ball, less than a half a home run per nine. That said, we have to slot him at the bottom of the closer tier because of the lower projected strikeout totals. He's never struck out more than 77 batters in a year, mind you. Let's see. The slider is filthy, but the hypercutter approach features a pitch that isn't generating whips the way it used to. I put even with some improvement, I still cap near. Oh, see, again, see, I regressed him back. I possibly regressed him up to, like, over 28%. So, yeah, if you think he's going to get the innings, okay. I can see where he gets the Ks. Although, I don't think on a permanent basis he's like he's as good as some of those other guys, but still. That turn was a little bit odd for me. Jeff went Torkelson. You know, he's got the, the prospect love. Then it went Sonny Grain Bassett to Siege on the turn, which is telling me like pitching is starting to get sketchy because I like Sonny Gray, but I'm not crazy about Bassett. Yeah. Um, I'm still surprised that more outfielders haven't gone off the board, to be honest with you. Maybe too. You know, I have two outfielders already, and I do not, I do not feel secure. Yeah, I have uh, just the one right now. And I can tell you, I definitely don't feel secure. No, how could you? How could you? How could you? I have an idea of who I want. Yeah, the OBP is starting to dry up out there, you know? Uh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay, this is the first pick I don't really like that much, but... Okay. A little bit of a bounce back there. He, I forget what he was saying. Something about feeling... He was feeling healthy or was through some yeah. injuries and stuff last year. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think there's a good case to be made for both sides. Like, he's one of those guys. He's an excellent ball player. We know the father-time thing, and it's just like a matter of time of when that happens. I like that he's not this better. year. Wow, DVR went with Justin Verlander in front of me. Which is a little bit of a surprise because again, I'm kind of looking at maybe more like outfielders. Um, because I was looking at you know, you have a while to go again, so I don't know if he'd be back. I was kind of looking at um maybe somebody like Ian Hap. Okay. 
boring kind of oatmeal right? Yeah, but those picks are what win you championships. Yeah, I know. He's always a good OBP guy because he's got a very good approach, and I like the lineup and where he's hitting and stuff. Just want to see if I missed anybody. Like I don't, like I really don't have much offense. Like I have no corners, so I got to check corners. Yes. Yeah. Well, that last ten seconds is kind of annoying. I won't let that happen again. (laughs) I won't let that happen again. I promise. Yeah. So Um, I would have just again just building from balance. Just building from balance. Well, Carlos Mercado with Mullins after me. I wonder what your thoughts are, Joe. There, there are right. We do even if you do a ton of drafts, you can only diversify so much, and you have to understand where your points of failure might be. One of mine might be the Orioles, which is funny because they're a very good team. But outside of just a handful of guys, I worry about the like all the ancillary pieces. I have like some legitimate worry about. You think I'm over the over my skis with the Orioles? Like, am I taking it too far? Well, I think they were, you know, they performed to the 90, 95th percentile last year. I think it would be reasonable to expect some regression. Um, but you also have to factor in their core is all 22 and 23. So along with that regression, there will be some natural uh, development that probably happens for Rutschman, for Henderson, um, for literally the entire damn team is 25 years old. So there are risks. There are definitely risks, right? Um I don't know if they are going to be able to be a 100-win team every single year now, and that's just who they are. And I think part of that is maybe Gunner was overperforming a little bit. Um, Gunner is somebody that worries me. Cedric Mullins isn't really one of them, though. I think Cedric Mullins is a great buy at price, especially if he does end up leading off. I was talking with Curlin about it yesterday. Mullins in the two spring training games has let off both of them. And if he is, right. you know, that, that's kind of been a concern. If he's going to bat sixth or seventh, is there really going to be that much juice? But as a leadoff hitter in front of Rutschman, in front of Henderson, or maybe he's bad in second. Like I think where he's generally going, NFBC, like 140, I really like Mullins. But I do have concerns okay. about the team as a whole. I, I definitely hear you there. I don't think they're 100 I'm worried about the youngsters knocking on the door, right? Because we're yeah. getting whispers that Heston, Kerstad might make the squad. Yeah. Colton Kowser is lurking around out there. And you mentioned these guys are all – 21 to 23 years old with like yeah. immensely, immensely bright futures and you know, prospect pedigree and stuff. Yeah. We've also seen Mullins be relegated to a, a platoon role in the past where right. he struggled, becomes a hitter. I just think there's a bit of a downside for, for this part of the draft. The last time that we were on a show together was when I did the trade deadline show last year with, with Jeff and Frank Stanfield and Marty Tallman. It was a great panel. And one of the main discussion points was why aren't the Orioles trading some of these prospects and going and yeah. getting an SP1? And they got Corbin Burns without really having to even trade a lot of those top-tier prospects, so good on them. Um, but they still have a, a lot to work with, and I think they should probably, especially with the Bradish news, be looking at you know, Snell, Montgomery, trading for somebody, just anything. Uh, I think they will need some upgrades at some point. Uh, as good as Cole Irvin is looking, I don't think you can rely on Cole Irvin for right. – you know, for that much, really, especially in the American League East. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's totally fair. Sarah still has zero outfielders. Wow. I wonder she must have a – got to have a plan. A plan. I mean, she must have a, a pocket that she really feels oh, strongly yeah. about. Well, I think she just – that was the first one right there. It's just like Friedel, yeah. Yeah, Friedel. Okay, so that one – after I went – and Marcano went Mullins and went Short Murphy, 
Mitch Keller, Yanny Diaz. Oh, Yanny Diaz, not Yanny. Yanny Diaz with Yanny Houston, Diaz. who I would have really liked. He's my favorite catcher target this this season. Yeah. Like universal format, he's like the guy I really like. I think he could finish as the C one, even if he doesn't steal bases. Yeah. As long as they don't mess around with the playing time, as long as he's playing 125, 130 games. Who's I behind? There's somebody like non-consequential they brought in behind him. Um, uh, it's it's it, they moved on from Maldonado. They went to Victor Caratini. Victor Caratini. That's yeah. Was. That's like two days a week. You know what I mean? So I th- I think we're talking serious line share out of out of Diaz. Also, no, the right. Astros are very very deliberate. They showed us that with Maldonado. Like they, you know what? Even though you could easily have said, "Oh, they have a big focus on offense," well, not that one spot, right? They didn't care about that. He was probably like one of the worst everyday hitters in the major leagues for awful. Yeah, for two or three years running, he's not like well below replacement level. But it goes to show you, right? They're a winning team with World Series that find value in that. I don't think they would have walked away from him unless they felt very confident. So yeah, like highest recommendation for. Yinu Diaz. Now I'm like, oh, catchers are already starting to like get kind of yucky. The OBPs are all gross. I mean, just pump the hell out of it and look to figure it out all the time. Duran Duran with the tower. So he went three outfielders in a row after starting with Soto, Josh Lau, Castellanos, and Jared Duran. See, like, like you did. nice little, that's a nice little center stack right there. Yeah. August backed up Yinu Diaz with Francisco Alvarez. So his catchers are secure. Oh baby, let's go. I've taken yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a risky team here. <laughs> Glass now Chisholm and, and O'Neill Cruz. I think I might have to to secure some safe bats here. Yeah, I'm like looking at I'm starting to look at corners. It's funny you forget that Paredes, even without the average, he gets on because his approach is pretty good. Yeah. So I think if he falls, I need a first baseman. I think I'm going to go with Isak Paredes. He's first and third eligible. And that will actually open the door for me. I have I have Royce Lewis at third. But right, whenever you have Royce Lewis, having plan B, C, D, and E, probably not probably not a bad thing. Yeah. Don't uh, go Paredes. I think that's it for the first baseman for me. I'm going to have to like look somewhere else. I still do not have a shortstop, which is not the best look. Either a man where like I really like funny. I like I like the Volpe Adamas Estrada tier in Roto and like not so much. Right, not so much in, in OBP. Volpe could sink you, right? Those yeah. you mentioned that low OBP. We gotta be careful going under 300. Like Isaac Michael under 300 is pretty bad. All right, so Paradis yeah. fell, so that's where I'm gonna go. And then you know you figure it never hurts to get some. Get some power. If he's top third, we'll get some counting stats. He's kind of a fun player. He's also, Joe, do you have a take on um, – it was probably around the same time, right? I hate to be like, oh, he was first. This guy was first. Or he copied me or whatever. DiPietro is the double hitter for a reason, right? Yeah. But at, 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 at the same time, the industry really started to smell that, right? Like we all kind of caught the the, the scent of the of the pull fly ball stuff. I made sure I added it to my data sheets, which come with the ranks, because you just can't find that stuff everywhere. And pull data, man, especially elevating the ball, it's like it's so important. 
So I was wondering if you're are you into this stuff? Do you think we're all we on the mark? Like I just like to poll sharp people because I definitely made it a centerpiece of my work. When especially when looking for power or trying to validate projections, I'm looking at not just poll rate and not just poll fly bore, and again, not just be like sh totally shamelessly promoting my stuff, but a guy like Paredes, right? Well, he he falls into that category because he's got the 47 fly ball, 54 pole. But he had 134 pole fly ball line drives. 134. 30 of his home runs came from that. So it was funny because people are saying, Joe, oh, everything's pole. It's all these balls. Like, how can you repeat that? Well, in in fact, another one of the numbers I run. So I run the total pole fly balls. I supply pole fly ball per plate appearance. How many home runs were pulled? And then what percentage of your home runs were pulled and what percentage of those were home runs? So he only converted 22% is pulled fly balls is Isak Paredes. So the fact that we've had people saying he can't repeat that because they're all pulled, I have like a direct counter, which is I don't think he's 30. He ran cold, in fact. Like if he runs hot on the same approach, he's a 35 to 38 home run guy. You guys definitely get more into the weeds than I do with it, for sure. And I think that's because you guys are probably smarter than I am. I just, I, I've been trying to expand my entire process for evaluating players this this year, specifically with pitching, uh, talking with guys like Eno and Nick, and just picking their brain. There's so much still that I haven't even scratched the surface of, and a lot of it does come on the pitching side. But there are also things like like pulled fly balls. I look at the StatCast data, but I can't say that I incorporate it into my process as much as I should. I'll be honest. It's something that I do factor in to some extent, but compared to the guys like you and Rob, um, I'm definitely behind in, in that sense. I just okay. don't. I'm going to get you access. I'm going to give you access to my data sheets. It's not the rank stuff that I can't. It's able that I can't cop anybody, but the data sheets are my own. I can share with whoever I want. So I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you free access to the data sheets. I want you to just take a look at it because again, one of the things I pride myself on, Joe, is taking a lot of information from a lot of different places and putting it in one place, right? Like, listen, yeah. I can't compare with Chamberlain's data or like, you know, Anderson's data. That's different. You need, but you need to go, right? You're splitting, you're doing, you're searching. Mine is like, if you're in a draft room, I don't think there's a better tool because it's all in one spot. You just control FM and it's all attached. You know, like I have your basic stats all compartmentalized, but I have a specialized pull fly ball section that X projections, you know, just split data, like just to, not just to meat and potatoes. But I have really found that pull stuff, man, it really matters. It really, and I think it's a big reason why I won last year because it was the power, all my undersold power, like the guys that were not big hulking barrel guys were getting there because they, they have pull approaches. So, so around that wrap, everybody, while Joe decides it was Nimo, Andre Jimenez, Teoscar Hernandez, Solaire, who's oh outfield NUT. I was like, well, he has red because he's uh, he has dual. Garver, Moreno, Siegewin, dual catchers, Munoz, Edward, Julien, if you're digging the accent. Um, Estoria Ruiz, well, he's on like my no draft list. Sal Perez, and then Merrill Kelly, Derek Riper is up, and then myself. I didn't really look. Let's see. So I still need a shortstop. I mean, I may just like suck it up and – Go Estrada and do the double double thing again. That's kind of where I'm leaning. You have a take. I well, you're not going for a while. I was going to ask you about. Uh, he went with Zach Geloff, Tarn Fran Riker, who I like. I like Geloff too. All right, so I'm looking at. I'm looking at Estrada right now, but I'm just gonna. 
you know, just take a quick look at the top of the outfielder board, make sure. Oh, man. No, I am going to pass. I'm going to go with my guy. I didn't realize my guy was still floating here. And I'm going to chase the spring training home run and go with James Outman. <laughs> I love that. I, I just, I really like him. You know, it's, he's very toolsy. I think yeah. his defense is good enough to keep him in there all the time. I actually like Outman. I think, um, again, another one of those things, you know, what we got last year, people think that's it, where I think he could build off it. I also like Joe, and I, this is a little subjective, but I like that, not that he stunk for a little while, but I like that he got up off the mat. I really like that. Meaning, so when I do my writing with rookies, I often talk about trajectory, right? Because we're trying to look forward, the whole moving average thing, whatever. So Outman came out of the box, razor sharp. He looked fantastic, hot as hell. Then he goes in the tank. And sometimes we have rookie seasons that end with the young man in the tank. And that can be worrisome because we were, you know, what was going on that maybe wasn't seeing or something in the head or a certain style of pitch. So that was the case with Outman. And again, when you have the backing of one of the best analytical departments, right, that we can, again, we can believe in the, in the Dodgers finding yeah. improvements and then players maximizing. And I feel like Outman did just that. I think he's going to be awesome. Like, I think he's going to have an awesome year. And I know, again, it's spring training and it's stupid. The home run was off the lefty. I think he might only hit one all last year off the lefty. You know, always encouraging to see guys who worried about split stuff doing work in spring could at least earn them early plate appearances. I'm hoping. It's tricky for a lot of people, I think, for the average person to know what to care about in spring training. Because you'll see yeah. some some schmo hit four home runs and you'll want to draft him. You know, I, so remember at the beginning of last year when Trace Thompson had that three home run game for the Dodgers and everybody collectively lost their minds. And I saw in a lot of me, Yahoo, me. every everybody was kind of thinking, oh, me. well, maybe there's something. I think we need to look, not you, but I think the world needs to generally look more at the exit velocities and, and things of that nature as opposed to just this guy hit a home run today. Um, yeah. Dig a little bit deeper in the spring training data um you know the pitcher struck out four today does that matter so much well his velocity was up too okay now it matters a little bit you know like there's 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 tells sometimes if a guy's you know coming in three or four miles lower than he was last year at this time it's yeah. a concern but in terms of the actual stat lines i try i try and block out as much of it as possible this time of year um and just go right to stat cast for the most part what about you yeah, I'm going to be honest. I ignore spring training, like, almost absolutely. I, I I kind of let other people do the work for me, not to sound rude about it, but it's part of my filtration process, right? I know there are people out there grinding it, so I don't feel like I need to grind it. Yeah. But then you should just follow Curlin, follow Fangraphs, you know, see what these people are saying, see what sharp people are saying, and then make your own determination if you think it's – over the skis or not, you know, Mullins, like you mentioned, Mullins is a good example of something that we want to keep an eye on. Listen, if he's leading off every day through the spring, that's something, right? That could be something. Again, my worries with Mullins is not out of the gate. It's more, we've seen the floor and they have these other players waiting. Again, it's more of an Orioles thing yeah. that I worry about. But, but yeah, when it comes to chasing these outputs, Joe, it's, is it almost always a mistake? It's like always a mistake. I, I, I yeah. have a hard I have a hard time thinking of oh man thank goodness I chased that spring training hype woohoo it almost is never the case yeah it's very rare like was it was Jeffrey Springs somebody like one case last yeah. year where it did kind yeah, of work up yeah I was early on that so maybe I didn't feel that sting 
But then did it really even work out for you? You know, if you did take Jeffrey Springs, it probably would have, and it was just oh, kind of bad luck. So if you he had raced pitchers, so good. I had him on every single underdog team and was like, I am going to make noise in this tournament. And, you know, you lose a guy like that for the season. It's a very shallow kind of roster. and A lot of my hopes and dreams smashed on that one. Yeah, you're All of the good catchers are going. So O'Hoppy and Kybert Ruiz just went, yeah. man, you know, 15-team leads, Joe. You're always going to be short somewhere, right? Yeah, I don't have a catcher. You don't have a catcher. I don't catch him. Mm, Towers doesn't have a catcher. Most people do have at least one, so we're probably going to have to get a move on here. Oh, my gosh. It's bad, dude. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Senga's a risky pick for Towers, but I guess with unlimited IL, uh, you can you can take a couple. Yeah, I don't think that's a small pick. I don't. That's a mighty CD pick to me. Like we don't know when you're going when he's coming back at all. It's not like we've gotten. It's not even like a Bradish where he's throwing and they're encouraged. This is, you know, it's we've getting news is weeks away, weeks away. Injections. Yeah. And and there also happen to be a ton of these stash guys this year, right? Like I mean, who's yeah. like Degrom and. Scherzer, Max Meyer, Shane Boz, right? To name a few. Yeah. There were, sure. you know, there's just there's just high upside, like weight stuff. I don't know. I don't know what your pitching, how good your pitching would be right now. Is he even what does his pitching even look like? He's got Luis Castillo and Max Free. I mean, that's it. It's a good foundation, but Senga definitely makes it. Yeah, uh, I mean, you want a third pitcher that's gonna pitch for you before. I mean, Joe, realistically, you think we see him in the first half? I'm not I sure. I have no idea. I took him out of my top 100. Yeah, I, I dropped him almost off the board. I've heard my, from what I understand, the early estimates are June. Is it that bad? I thought it was maybe a month, two months, but uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I can't go down that road. Maybe. My general philosophy is, you're going to deal with so many injuries throughout the season anyway. Why start stacking them up in the preseason? Perfectly put, my friend. Great job. But, uh, I mean, unlimited IL changes the equation a little bit. It definitely does versus NFBC. If it was an NFBC league and Senga's going in this range, it would be insane. I can understand it a little bit more, but still. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I don't I, – I wouldn't have done it personally, but then again, Chris has been doing this a lot longer than I have. Wow. I don't know if you're looking at the board, so everybody – I mentioned Ohapi went, Marcel Azuna, Josh Young, Noelle Marte, two guys that might not start opening day. Santan there, Ruiz, Nate Ivalde, Cody Senga, we mentioned Towers. Camilo Duvall with the bug is in the 11th round. Yeah, how did that happen? Wow, it just happens. Guys fall, they get ignored. Wow, unbelievable value there. He could have gone in the 6th or the 7th with the rest of the really good ones. Joe, you went Bo Naylor. That's a really good pick. I skipped over mine. I went Jonah Heim. I think we both just had to get an everyday catcher. I had to get a catcher. Naylor's got some speed. The OBP yeah. is not bad. Uh, I'm, I'm behind it. I think I might like your nailer pick better than my high pick, even though you went after me. <laughs> I do. I think I might, but you know what happens again, Hun? Putting yourself every day in the middle of the Rangers lineup is a good thing. You know, he's a good hitter. I don't but know. Yeah, if gonna, I, are they going to play nailer every single day? I've heard some concerns there a little bit. They brought it. Who they bring in Hedges? I think it was Hedges. Yeah, but I mean, he feels like a toot, like a tutor almost. Yeah. Wow, Rysel Iglesias, man, looking at this board, I'm going to wish I let's say wish I didn't wait. Yeah, I'm going to say I wish I didn't wait because. Iglesias in the 11th is not that far apart from my Diaz in the 7th. Like, I'd rather have Iglesias. Iglesias, Doval, and Romano all go in the 11th. Yeah, that was, yeah, Doval, Romano. So those 1B kind of guys really fell. And I think those are huge, huge, huge values. Carlos Rodon, 
went off the board. He was another. He was a player I had queued. Wow. You know, I only have Wheeler, Grace Rodriguez, and and Edwin Diaz. I've got to. I've got to get some starter pitching. I've got Gosman Glass now, and then I backed it up with uh, with Merrill Kelly. Uh, our buddy Ryan Bloomfield's in the chat saying what up. Um, seeing closers go this late has me shook. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a change than what we've been used to seeing for sure. But uh, I, you know, the saves plus holds definitely changes everybody's mentality. Even I think it might change everybody's mentality more so than it changes what the results are going to actually look like. Um, but in that any event. Those are getting pushed down too, too far. far. Glacies yeah. went too far. They slid way. They slid. Way. And look, because I bet people fell into the same thing that we were talking about. You kind of set this binary like path. I'm doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm taking one. I told myself without saying it vocally. I'm taking one. I'm not looking for a while. Yeah. Not thinking down the road. The B one B guys might have been really nice. Although, you know what we're also feeling the pressure of right now, Joe, is late season drafting. Right, we're getting to the turn of the calendar to March, where yeah. Everybody's favorite picks are getting pushed up, right? A lot of the value picks are no longer falling, even if it's a round or two or three. Combinations are becoming tough, man. If anything, that Robert Stevenson pick the flowers really makes you see what kind of value you got at Iglesias. Iglesias should not be going six picks from Robert Stevenson, right? Those are two. We don't even know if Stevenson has the job. Well, I guess you could assume he's going to get the hold role. How many of those are happening for the Angels? I'm not so sure, Derek. Uh, Van Riper on a clock. I'm on deck. I need a pitcher. Man, I was thinking about maybe getting my first, like, Imanaga share. Mm. People kind of like him. And, again, this is the kind of league I would do that in. Yeah. You know, I'm probably, like, I don't think I would draft at the main without seeing it. He's next to another guy I really like, but I have a ton of exposure to. Somebody I would take in higher stake drafts, which is Bryce Miller. Okay. So, I'm actually leaning towards like the format pick. I hope I, I like to be clear and vocalized. So I'm not misleading anybody. Like, yo, John, I thought we loved Miller. You took Minog over him, but it's like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of want exposure to him. That's the problem with guys like us is we play in so many leagues that we might end up contradicting ourselves in a draft room once or twice, and people will say, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, just... if I can, if I can validate it, then I'm okay with it. Like I'm doing it now, even if it's not the best validation. Is you know, he's a little bit risky. There is a high upside payoff here with a guy who, you know, they paid him, right? He's gonna he's getting the ball every five days, we think. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take the plunge. I'm gonna take the plunge. Like I said, it's a little out of character for me, but it's out of character because of the format and the pay scale of the league. You know, another another thing you mentioned, I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. To the volume point, I do my best to right bin these guys, compartmentalize these players to put them in the best spots. Yeah. But do you ever find that, like, I don't know how to vocalize this the right way. Last year, so I was doing a ton of volume. I was kind of consolidated around my own players. By the time I got to the end, I was like, oh, I don't want to have only these guys. But they were the guys I wanted the most. Joe, I ended up rolling into my big leagues without a lot of my favorite players. Hmm. So you took your shares of your guys in October, November, December. Yes. By the time your main events type of – tournaments came around you didn't want to be too exposed yeah it's a problem and also and a lot of them are, are good picks and the price moved right so they're more expensive and i'm already exposed but you got to get into these big league the big leagues with your best guys right you got to bring you know you got to bring your best stuff got to bring the fastball this reminds me of a quote i heard on uh waxman's podcast he had gable on which is funny gable's not even 
what we call like an industry guy, but he is a well-known high stakes player. If you're listening, James, hat tip to you. And it was, he was talking, Jack was pressing him about this. And he said, I just take my guys. He said, you ever go to a bar and order a watered down drink? He said, I don't. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's really good, man. Good, yeah. You know, plus he was kind of also making the point that these teams, they may share a couple core pieces. The rest are very dissimilar. Yeah. And that might be the thing that gets you to the finish line, right? So draft your guy. That, that This year I'm doing that. This year I'm kind of drafting my guys. Again, not to totally contradict myself, but this league is free. It does have the IL. It has, you know, outs that I've not afforded at NFBC, and I'm just trying to take advantage. I think the it's a really a case-by-case case thing for me, and it depends on where. Dude, Bednar, what? David Bednar was out there. Yeah, wow. He went after after Matt Brash. He went after Stevenson. That's a little wild. That's a little wild to me. Wow, Brian. Look at Jeff Boggess. That's that's an ADP battle I've seen. I'm on the other side of consensus. I like Bryce Miller better than I like Wolf. Jeff Boggess here waits till around 11 and 12 to get his first two relievers, and he ends up with Doval and Bednar. Uh, Yeah, so we're stupid. We're stupid. He's smart, and we're stupid. That's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know what? You got to be willing to admit these things, right? And again, it's like, it's not over. Oh, it's not fair. None of that. It's just looking back in hindsight, I'm already kicking myself. Yeah. We he got be. guys that I have ranked with my guy. Like, dude, David Bednar is another one of those guys I mentioned. Getting out the magnifying glass, looking at the stuff, really going through it, plus the grip on the roll. David Bednar is a top five closer. Oh my God, Towers! I was literally—I just queued up Ryan Helsley, and and Towers just took him from me. That's another good piece, man. He's got great stuff. I worry about the injuries, but again, you, you can't get too into that stuff right now. I don't think that's how you do it. Bogus really nailed it, dude. The fact yeah. that he got Diaz and Alvarez to catch Doval and Bednar relievers—he kind of sealed up those right those uncertain those uncertain places in the dam. Right, he kind of put the buttress there. He 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 shored him up nicely. So I I think Jeff did a really great job. Jeff's doing a great job. Yeah, his team. We're is- in the thirteenth round. I'm still without a shortstop. Most fantasy analysts would probably tell you you're you're playing with fire there. There is one guy I have my eye on that I was kind of hoping would fall. I'm playing a little bit of chicken with. It's always fun to play chicken with yourself. There's one guy that I'm kind of looking yeah. at for third base. That's. Mm. Is he going to be there? I don't know how long he's going to be there for, but uh, <laughs> it's no. That's part of the fun, right? That's that's part of the fun of all this is waiting to see if you can you can wait on the guy or uh, th- there's so many different ways that I have fun in the fantasy baseball world. Whether it's drafting, interacting with people, setting line, like there's just so many different fun things. And one of them is just kind of seeing if you're going to almost snipe yourself in a way. I'm going to wait one extra round, and then. Somebody else is going to snipe you, but you're essentially shooting yourself in the foot in some of these cases. And I think I well, we'll we'll see what happens here. It's a fluid thought. You know, a draft is a fluid a fluid thought. You never uh, get stuck. Oh, in. Another one, Clegg, you son of a gun! Ah, oh, freaking Clegg, man! He, he, oh, he took Bryce Miller. He took Bryce Miller. I just love him too much to hate him. Yeah, a lot of the guys I was looking at just got just got clipped. So like Evan Phillips, I was hoping he might fall. That's a fantastic RP two. Um, I really like Michael King. And then I also like Bryce Miller, and now they're both gone, and I'm feeling like blech. I'm feeling kind of blech right now. You know, when you have, you have players queued up that you're excited about drafting. Yeah, I have a and couple. Then you got like the meh. 
I may actually go with my guy that I wrote up today. He just came out in the athletic this morning. Mine my, my buy low, but I, I mean, it feels like a reach, but geez, I need pitching too. And a shortstop, yuck, this is ugly. <laughs> well, if if Marcano doesn't go Tyro, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tyro and just get my double double guy again and just kind of keep it moving. Right, top third of the lineup, double home runs, double digit steals. Oh, just get enough, hopefully, to make it work. Yeah, I have uh, I have a couple relievers in mind. If I don't get, I don't get oh, Christopher Morel, good pick from Carlos. Carlos goes Morel. I can't get behind Morel, man. I'm just not. I don't know. Am I am I crazy? I just I don't know if there's gonna be a regular role for him in the field. I think he's, I think he's probably better in OBP, but I'm, I don't know. It's interesting. Crazy? So you weren't buying it? Like that was one of the very few things they were they very clearly stated. They were like Morel's playing every day. You know. You think that that's going to stick? I mean, he's really good. I mean, he's he's the pop, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm off. I just I don't think he's that great. I just don't think he's. I think it's just power. I think it's just straight power. And there's yeah. there's a role for that, but he can't play defense. Um, you know, the steals are. Eh, I don't know how much speed he really has. Yeah, I mean, he had six last year. I think you. Right, you project like four or five, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just look at it too much from a fantasy point of view, but even from the real life point of view, I don't know how how valuable he is necessarily. DVR went with Sawinski. I know he's a favorite outfielder, late outfielder for a lot of people. DVR only has two outfielders. Wow, that was his second outfield in the thirteenth. I have four already. I got. Three. I've had four. Yeah. You got a couple of good early ones, and then half out. When you got a really nice OBP base with your outfielders, yeah, that's where I'm at, and I get power and steals from everybody. Again, you, I, I, my, my outlook this year, I feel like is becoming pretty apparent in the draft. Like if you just look at the roster, you're like, all right, there's tons of pull power, then there's double double. Like that's kind of my checklist. Yeah. I want, I'm looking for balance, top third of the lineup, and with complementing with pull power. That's kind of been my you know, my uh, overarching kind of theme. Starting to get a little dicey here. Chris Bryant, Ray Flowers. I guess he, listen, he could be good again. He burned me so many times. Not that that means it's going to happen again, but. We've never seen a full season in cores of Chris Bryant. It's it's tempting, you know, the full thought of season. it. Have we seen a full month? It's like, it feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's years. coming back. He was coming back a week away, a week away. Pods goes Luisa Rice, OBP monster, of course. Rise, Quan, you're lacking power, but he does have Torkelson and Raleigh, um, so he's probably okay there. Right, Tork, Raleigh, Trout, Solaire. He went, he went that route. Yeah, right. He's kind of, he kind of went to the extremes. The opposite it, ends, they yeah. got it done. But right, he has like the prototypical on base guys, and then like the off base. He's the off base and on base. Jeff Ponce goes for uh, for Jackson Holiday here in round fourteen. He loves the, he loves him young. Yeah, Although, you know, it's funny for a prospect guy, he didn't really. You know, I was tongue and cheeking with Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt at 14 is amazing. So, Jeff, yeah, hasn't for a prospect guy, ha, doesn't really have a ton of prospects. I'm like, listen, Holiday in the 14th, yeah, you're taking a risk. But I mentioned shortstop is Blair right now. Yeah, it's pretty much gone. Um, yeah, it's it's who do we have? Who's the top of the board at shortstop? Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond is hurt, and then it's Crawford, Tovar, Correa, Pena, Nato. It's they're starters, but they're mad. They're what happened mad. to Tommy Edmond? Oh, his wrist. I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah. Also, I I think his like leadoff days I think are over, right? You got to calculate that in. So I think not only starting 
he might not start opening day if he's banged up. And we're looking at a suboptimal line of placement. A couple chips stacked against him right now. Oh, so this was just yesterday he got hurt. I didn't see this. No, it's been out for a while. Why? Unless something happened again. Well, he no, said no. Marmol said yesterday um, remains without a timeline. Yeah, so it's refer it's referring to the same injury we've been yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. I wouldn't touch I wouldn't touch Edmund right now. Justin Turner. So that went a little over-reliable. So it went risky, risky, risky. Jackson Churio, Jackson Holiday, Byron Buxton, all the risk. Then Ryan McMahon and Justin Turner for a couple scoops of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> you know, listen, I, I've kind of passed on both those guys. I've drafted them both in the past looking for vanilla. I don't know if they're my type anymore. Joey's on the clock. And I'm going to go right now. and I'm going to go for an OBP darling. Yeah, Yoshida, sure. Feel you know it's funny. He he's getting shortchanged, I think, because it feels like a bit of a letdown, right? Because they they brought him in and thought maybe he was going to be something he's not, which happens sometimes with import players. But he's good, right? He's an everyday. He's above average, you know, everyday kind of guy. Top of the order, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. And for all of the shifting the Red Sox have talked about, they've talked about him playing like he's going to DH. They said. Yeah. Which, again, is a little disappointing. I don't think they, if they knew that, maybe they would have made the move to bring in a guy who's not going to play defense for them every day. That's fair. But we, we what do we care? We don't care. Who cares? <laughs> well, I'll Plus, care. They guys that fall, right? They have a couple – the Red Sox feel like they have a couple guys that could bottom out. All right, so Derek Van Riper with Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes was still there, too, in the 14th. Wow. Yeah. Well, as a Yankee fan, I'm really not high at Holmes, to be honest. No? Okay. Uh, I, I Listen, he's pretty good. But, you know, the role is not necessarily secure, and the Yankees have a couple of guys behind him that I think pound for pound are better than he is. Okay. Right, so there's like a little DC hint for people. Like, I, I actually – I think Canely and Hamilton are both more trustworthy than Holmes. Okay. So I, I don't get me wrong. I think Holmes gets the first save opportunities, right? I, I don't want to misframe it. All right, I'm on the clock with just a couple seconds sweating it out, baby. Ugh, I need corners. I need middles. There ain't not a nothing. So, all right, I'm going to go with Brian Bayo. I kind of like Bayo to maybe break out this year. I like Bayo. Red Sox brought in uh, Kyle Kyle Body from uh, Driveline fame, right? Yeah. Driveline. He and I also have like a, a slight offline relationship. I've just DM'd with him before. You and so, Kyle? Yeah, Kyle. So when – the Red Sox started having their pressers. They mentioned Bayo, and they uh, – not to give away the whole article, but the idea with Bayo is he really suffered from lefty-righty splits, like truly stark lefty-righty splits. Those are guys we got to be careful of. Oh, so he's no good, where if he tweaks that, it could be good. And he was just throwing the fastball too much, I think, throwing the sinker fastball combo too much to lefties with awful results, which, again, I don't know why – teams do this, but they did. And I thought it was funny that the Red Sox announced he'd be throwing the slider more. And the next day they announced, you know, they had brought Kyle Body on. So I, I DM'd him. I was like, you know, I don't believe in coincidences, Kyle. You know, and I uh, linked the, the thing and he like, you know, he put the eyeball emojis. I'm sure he's, you know, not that I would, I would never repeat anything, but he's probably got to be careful about what he's talking about, you know. Mm. But yeah, I got the eyeball, I got eyeball emojis. You know, and I was like, yeah, I, I feel really, I feel really good about Brian Bale. I feel really good about Bale. Because his off-speed stuff is not, it's very good. 
right? The changeup is sick. It's sick. I just don't know why he's leading chin first with the fastball. I think I think if he could just maybe pitch backwards to lefties a little bit, uh, he could really benefit. And if Bayo figures out the lefty stuff, woo, he's gonna be great, man. Well, his first outing of the spring was against a pretty complete Braves lineup: Acuna, Riley, Albies, the whole works, and a couple of scoreless innings. So, and I don't read too much into it, but you know, right, better than getting rocked. Yeah, right, right, right. Agree, right. It's funny. One of the, <laughs> you right. Isn't it funny, Joe? So we should like. You just ignore it, bro. Just ignore it. Just like, freaking ignore it. I'm even – I'm going to probably piss off some people, though, if you're listening at this point, bless your heart. The So I've even chased, like, spring training velo and gotten totally stung by that also. Yeah. I have found if you do a lot of work on these player, you know, on player profiles and stuff, go with your work. You look for injuries. Go with your work. Mm-hmm. Also, I noticed as I'm writing, speaking of injuries, I, I must have four. It was like, oh, but he got hurt. We thought he was done for. Uh, Max Freed was somebody, right? Like four on straight. Like, oh, this guy's cooked, man. And he was he was great. He was great down the stretch. Oh, uh, there's some a couple other people too that were like, oh, this guy's toast. Like one thousand toast. I would never touch him. And they're fun. It happens. Um, Wheeler, the year Wheeler had shoulder fatigue to come into the yeah. year. He was my SP one overall. Like, oh my god, forget this. He'll run, run, run. He was great. Was it Gallon too? A couple years ago. Was it- was Gallon as well? Oh, Gallon! Gallon had a forearm. Something with Gallon, and he was fine. Then, Joe, I remember that because they told us, "No, no, 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 no! It's the good forearm injury. It's the good forearm. He had the good forearm injury." And I was like, "Oh, what a relief! Knock him down off his spots, you know." The good forearm injury. And he was fine, but it was true. It was again. I don't understand that. I don't want to pretend to know more than I do. Wherever the strain of the pitch happens, it was on the other side. They were like, "It's not." Listen, you never went forearm injuries, but it's not the forearm tendon or whatever. But still, we were like, we're out, and he was fine. You know, it's injury stuff is very easy to say, oh, you know, don't draft injured guys or whatever. It's not always that simple because navigating injuries is a great way to find edge, you know? Yeah, I forget who said it. I think it was Eno who's done some reporting. A lot, a few people. We're terrible at predicting injuries. You know, yeah. we mm-hmm. think we're good at it, but we're actually not at all. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. It's almost impossible if a, something's going to pop up. We we don't know. You know, we can say that Eloy is unlikely to play 130 games or whoever. But you know, Luis Robert last year coming into the season always had the injury prone tag, and then he plays 140 games. Yeah, Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich always had the injury prone tag in the last couple of years, 140, 150 games, and now he's no longer. Now he's safe. And it's like we don't know. We really don't know. Yep, you're right. No, you're actually right. I actually wrote about that. It was football. It was a football article. Ugh. But I called it the McCaffrey principle. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the guy who could be the number one player overall that can't stay healthy when they do. Sometimes they hold on to that. Wheeler was like that, if you remember. Wheeler could never stay healthy. Now he only goes 200 innings. Yeah. Marcus Stroman could only go 200 innings until he got hurt. Yeah. Pablo Lopez could never go 100 innings until he went. Now two in a row. So, like, who who was right? You know what I mean? Who was right? You got to – I think, for me, the answer is the price, right, is don't pay the premium and avoid the huge loss because the payoff is always tremendous, right? The payoff is tremendous. If Glasnow throws 160 or 170 innings this year, then probably next year no one will talk about him as injury prone. And the same thing with a guy like Zach Eflin. Who's the main concern that people have with Eflin is, oh, well, he's got a long injury history. But if he has another healthy year, then we kind of just ignore that. But in reality, is he actually any safer or has he just had a safe year? And like 
how predictive is that going forward? Not really that predictive at all. So it's it's kind of a mess, and that's why you know I'll I'll shy away from the injury the injury prone guys more so than I'll than I'll take them. But we don't really know at the end of the day. Jazz Chisholm could play 155 games this year, and right. the guys that we perceive to be safe could get hurt on opening day. Like we we just have no idea. So don't ignore the injury risks, but I think they they might be overblown a little bit to some extent as well. Yeah, and that, listen. It, it... It's I very, love that brand. Again, I think there is something. Way. I think there is something to not inviting injuries. I think I don't. So for all the stuff that I said, it's not like ignore the injuries. I think you're correct. Not inviting too many of them. Yeah. I think it doesn't mean you can't do it at all. And when you do, you should just price reflect on it properly. You know, to me, that like I said, that's the thing that really, really, really matters, right? That as long as you're not paying all the way up, paying all the way up for it, and keeping the format in line, I think it's all good. Because that's like you said, we're, we're not only bad at predicting, we're bad at we're bad at predicting returns. We're bad at predicting performance upon returns. Yeah. And like, think about those guys I mentioned: hitting on Wheeler, hitting on Lopez. Those were like the league winners. Those were I mean, I know there's no single league winning picks in fantasy baseball, but those were winning picks, right? Those were correct picks. Yeah, it's very tricky to figure out. Um... So this round. Trust went with Cabrian Hayes, who I love this year. Love Cabrian Hayes. We started to see the pull tendency and the lift tendency come in the second half. They also, it was funny, Rosenthal uh, reported that he he wasn't happy with the hitting program in Pittsburgh, and he secretly went to meet with his double-A hitting coach, from Otuna or whatever, yep. and they had got great results as Cabrian Hayes. So then a bunch of pitchers went. Nesta Cortez, Walker Bueller, Giolito, McKenzie, all these guys are kind of flawed and frail. I went with Brandon Fott. I mentioned trajectories earlier. I think the Fott trajectory is what we're looking for. Highly touted prospect, overvalued, overdrafted, gets promoted and disappoints, gets another shot, makes an adjustment, looks great. But drafters see the overall ERA on are discouraged. I think I Fott, I think, might have thrown 170 innings last year or something combined. So, He's in line for a full role in a great environment and a good park. So, yeah, I really like Brandon Fott also. I got a lot of my young guys. I like Fott as well. Um, the hype was massive heading into 2023. It's died down a little bit, even though he was really good in the postseason. I don't know if people are remembering that, but he was he pretty was good. He was Come on, man. He shoved, bro. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, I took Junior Caminero. I took a little bit of a risk there. Okay. Um, opening day, you think? I'm hoping for opening day. But I, I don't know for sure. He's looked good so far. Oh, a good OBP projection, twenty and ten type of guy. And I, I, I might back him up with somebody else here just to, just to be sure. But let's let's see. Um, it's a risky pick. It's it's yeah. a bit of a risky pick. But well, yeah, I think right. It's risky because you have to. You can't IL him, right? So he's a bench bat. But that's okay too. You know what I mean? Like you don't if you you didn't overload. On, a, on any of that kind of risk. So I don't think it's bad. I'm not trying to knock it. Because there is a place for this stuff. There's a time and a place. 15th round, if you're getting a guy really that good. Again, I'm not a prospect guy. I kind of outsource my prospect work. Yeah. The book on him is unbelievable, man. You know, people that I really look up to and trust really think he's going to be a, a, a difference maker. Oh, man. The catcher situation left is... Read in my mind, brother. Don't take my guy. I got one of two, so I think I'm safe. Ah, I knew it. That's okay. That's okay. I took your guy. Still friends. Although, oh, yeah, they both went. I didn't see Camposano went and Jeffers went. Those were the two guys I wanted. I am in the, oh, my gosh, it happened. 
Joe, it happened. No! <laughs> the most sorry. unenviable position of taking a catcher that you want to play, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to just deal with that at a later time of day. You know, it is what it is. Dreyfus didn't get to me. I kind of messed up. And uh, such is life. Let's it see. It happens. Yeah, yeah. These these things happen. Man, kind of looking at Vaughn, but the OBP is a little worrisome. I guess there's a lot of, like, similar... Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with my man J.P. Crawford at middle infield. He's always a good OBP guy. And, okay. you know, he was a um, a, a driveline guy also. And, you know, you know, some people kind of scoff at it. I like Rob uh, DiPietro's take on driveline. You, you shouldn't blindly draft guys that went to driveline. You also shouldn't be laughing at it. And some people do that. Yeah. Like, oh, look, a driveline tweet. Dude. <laughs> We're to- so hold on, wait. So are we really like demeaning the value of the best hitters in the world going to one of the best like biomechanical training facilities that there is that has shown the ability to transform hitters, right? Not every time. And so this is Crawford. Check it out. Crawford just – it was so out of character that I think people just kind of dispel it. But there was a lot there. J.B. Crawford, the approach is phenomenal. 5% K-minus BB, 22% chase last year, 90% zone contact. I mean, and Joe, guess what? Why doesn't he have to hit the ball that hard? Because Crawford took on a elevated pull approach. 14% pull fly ball per PA, does 15 of his home runs. My man, 89 pull fly ball events for J.P. Crawford. So, again, you don't say, oh, he's a 30 home run guy. But, yeah, he's hitting 15 home runs. He's hitting 15. And if you're going to get on base, top of the lineup, you should get your runs and stuff like that. I actually tend to like the Mariners lineup, though. J.P. Crawford is the definition of vanilla. But he's a guy that I don't think you ever sit him, right? You kind of plug him in and walk away. I took him the 23rd round of a gladiator last year, last pick, and it was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. How did you do in that league? Did you do well in that league? I came – Third or fourth? Third it's, or fourth? It's hard. I so no that was a league where I did a couple of gladiators. That one judge fell a little bit. I had Woodruff on that team, so that was kind of a. It was good while he had him, but I didn't get the volume I wanted out of him. Um, it, it was okay. It was it was not a bad team. I had Lane Thomas. Um, so oh, there were there were there were positives, but there was also I'm trying to think of a negative. Um. Was that Lance Lynn on that? It might have been Lance Lynn on that team. So I got a lot of volume, but it was god-awful volume at the same time. And you want volume <laughs> on a gladiator. You want volume on a gladiator, but not that type of volume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Dude, I only laugh because all you could do was just laugh through that pain. It oh, was, it it, and it was brutal. It was brutal. The Manoa and Lance Lynn ride last year. Oh, Manoa. My God. Rodon, really, really too. Brutal. Rodon, if you had any Rodon shares. Yeah, well, that was a big loss for me. He was one of my – I had him as a top three SP coming in the year. Uh, you know, I meant to mention him. We were talking about the trying to predict injuries. And it's funny because you had some people with, oh, but he has a track record. But he fin- He had pitched up year and a half straight. He didn't miss a start. I think he went 45 consecutive starts with, like, Cy Young stuff for 33 of them at the end. I mean, if the guy finishes the season healthy, throwing his velocity – that's where the injuries guys lose me, Joe. When it's like, wait, so what? You knew then uh, he's so no one's ever healthy, right? Is that just what we're to take from these people? 
Yeah. I, I was like, all right, if I, I'm not saying if you finish healthy, you're healthy, but I was working off that premise a little bit. And yeah, the Correa stuff didn't work. Not that that's why, but it's just difficult. It's very difficult. I don't know what to make of Correa anymore. I'm worried about Correa, man. I really am. I really am. 16th round, I don't think is terrible. Yeah, but I don't it, think he'll kill you. And, I just and don't have any interests. The money's there. He's going to play every day. And again, you worry about injuries, so you have an IL spot. So this is the league, again, to to take him. But, man, tell me they're not already regretting that contract. I don't believe it. You know? I don't know if I would take him over Vaughn Grissom. It went a few picks later. Yeah. I mean, the steals are so nice, too. Again, I don't know what we're going to get from Grissom, but the upside is certainly tasty. The ballpark, he's going to be second and short. Um, you know what's funny? I need a, I need one outfielder. And this is what I was worried about. The outfield situation is brutal right now. Clegg with Anthony Rizzo, one of my favorite CI picks later on. I like Rizzo a lot, too. Outfield, to your point. That's why I was hoping it was going to fall to me. Clegg has kind of been a thorn in my side a little bit, man. When I was talking about passing on you know, a lot of similar CIs, Rizzo was like the guy I had in mind. So now I'm going to drop back this even even further and then playing games, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. My C2 situation is over. Gosh, I need, I, I need an outfielder. I need a second reliever. I didn't see that Christopher Sanchez had gone. I wish I wish – He was under RP. He was under RP. Yeah, he hid. He hid from us. Um, okay. Let's see the old Q. Yeah, the Q could be better. Oh, At this gosh. point, though, you're going to be struggling a little bit. Um, we're making a pretty good pace through this draft, though. We're already yeah, we're flying, actually. We're flying. Round 17. I did an auction stream the other night with Bloom, and it was like four hours. We're through 15 rounds. I was like, okay, we're going to shut this down. This is That's too much. so bad. <laughs> yeah, that I happens sometimes, right, where it just, it just kind of drags and stuff. All right, I'm going to go with one more of my young pitching guys. The winged Canning. These are all like my I have a total my guy draft as far as pitching goes. Yeah, you took him. He was going to be my next pick probably. Griffin, yeah, he's – there's not many guys that I'm circling for impact pitching. Uncle Ted in the chat says, Cutter Crawford better than Brian Bayo. Uh, yeah, I can't even give you that. My thing is I think they're both good. And then Savali goes right after the two pitchers I had in my queue gone. Oh, Savali, man, he was phenomenal. Jeez. Again, I mentioned right organizational boosts. He gets the boost from Tampa. Uh, it showed. We've had people talk about his workload. Can I just don't think they're holding on to these guys? I just I see it differently. I think if he's healthy, he's going to give you five to six innings every single time out. So I like the Savali pick also. Yeah, the uh, pitching, everything's getting, you know, right? We're in the 17th round of a 15-teamer. That's when the press, the pinch starts to happen where everybody's kind of flawed. There's nothing great left. I know. Hard to get excited about any of this. Um, Man, it's, it's not great, but I think I'm going to go Jonathan India. Okay. I like uh... – no, I, the only thing I don't like is the – I don't know how much he's going to play necessarily, but a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, uh, the on-base is there. I think they'll still find a place for him, and if they don't, he'll trade him. Like, I don't think he's going to be somebody that ends up as a part-time player, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong there. Well, 
funny enough, if he's healthy and he's playing opening day, he's going to be one of those guys that we just mispriced. Yeah. As the fantasy community is kind of written in the office, the odd man out, we don't necessarily know that's true. We just don't that's know the true. truth. I mentioned the Orioles in the log jam. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not off the Reds, but I'm kind of off the Reds. Because mm. it's, it's, I was mentioning this with Bubba that it's entirely possible that like everybody's just a five and a half day a week guy. Everybody platoons everywhere. Yeah. They have, they have multiple players for every single position. And then when a guy like Spencer Steer, every he could play absolutely just everywhere. So those Reds are I, I they worry me, but man, Bradish finally went. Andrew Abbott, who I like, that was Tyler Rogers and Ryan Presley went back to back to Siege, who had Alexis Diaz, so he got his third reliever. I would say the way we mentioned how it's IP and not wins, where a reliever can get you wins. And they're not going to get you IP. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you need to leave the draft with three. Um, you're probably right. I think. Well, how many wins does the average reliever end up throughout the season? Three or four? Yeah, but some guys break out. They got, and it's the same idea, like you were saying, with holds and saves. The wins and the saves go hand in hand. High yeah. leverage situations. I think I might. Was it Class A? Did Class A have nine wins? Um. And again, it's like you could ask that to repeat, but he's in the scenario to do so. But the yeah. point is, you can't get the win now, right? So where a, where a closer could have had an option to get you another category, now they can't. I just don't really see the value. Yeah, I mean. You know, to Will Benson, to Matt C, I got to admit, uh, that's another red that I just don't see getting everyday playing time. And it might speak to the press for playing time in the outfield, which is something I was talking about addressing earlier on. That's funny. I had four early. Maybe I didn't take my fifth one early enough because I'm like not really not too happy with what's out there. The guys that I like are really flawed. Nelson Velasquez. I mean, these guys are really flawed. This is just ugly. I like uh, Velasquez could be a massive power guy, but yeah, that on base is going to be rough. Yeah, that's a that's a major problem. No, I I I don't want to go there. Like I said, I'm avoiding. I mentioned that avoiding the total six, because yeah. then you need multiple batting average guys to get you up. Also, I played in this league last year. I mentioned struggles with ratios. I didn't have OBP, and I suffered. Boy, did I suffer, and you, I couldn't catch up. Oh, good pick, Kyle Harrison, another one of the really exciting young pitchers that I like, Joe. That's a really good pick. Yeah, Derek Van Riper went with Shane Boz, his injury stash. Man, my I'm oh gosh, I'm down to the this is like the nitty-gritty of the outfielders. But I'm gonna go Parker Meadows. I think we're talking about an everyday role. Could be a double double guy. Yeah. He's been okay OBP wise. We'll see. Is that your outfield completed now? That's my completed outfield. Yeah. Okay. You but I am really, really curious how. Some of the other people are, are attacking this. Oh, you know, there goes DeGrom. Well, right. When Baz went, Baz and Scher. Oh, it was actually Scherzer. So forgive me. So excuse me. Scherzer in the 18th year triggered the stashes. Yep. And DeGrom, three of five picks. I just want to take a quick second here. We got a special guest uh, joining the live stream. It's our good friend, Justin Mason. How you doing today, uh, man? I know, hey. I know him. I know him. <laughs> How you guys doing? 
we're having fun we're having fun uh this is uh it's going pretty quickly this draft but it has been uh yeah. it's been a damn fun time so far john you like your team so far yeah i really like my team i'm I having a hard time getting over the reliever market here so jason this yeah. is this is saves and holds mm-hmm. so we expected relievers to get pushed down we hit the seventh round. I said to Joe, oh, maybe it's time to start looking at Devin Williams and guys like that, which was the case. People went relievers in the seventh. But what we didn't calculate for just was like the 1B relievers fell multiple rounds. So where I got, you know, Edwin Diaz in the seventh, Rysel Iglesias went in like the 11th. Yeah. Bednar went like the 12th and the 13th. And that is a score, you know. That's a score. Fairbanks so in the I feel 14th. like those teams have a leg up on us. Fairbanks yeah. went in the 14th. Helsley in the 13th. I got Tanner Scott in the 13th. Ugh. Yeah, not worth six rounds for Diaz. I, 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 listen, and I made the wrong pick, you know, and I have to kind of eat it. That's a loss for me. And again, we're not, it's not over, but man, we definitely left something on the there. Because Bednar is just not that far from all the other elite closers. Yeah. I, in a save hold league, I, pretty much push all those guys down quite far um yeah it's just it's so easy to get holds off of the wire that yeah. it's just not worth really you know i mean the nice thing about the elite saves guys like diaz you get the strikeouts right right but you can find those strikeouts still with you know elite setup guys so yeah uh, i yeah I, I can understand why that happened yeah i got you also i was mentioning to joe it's not wins, it's innings pitched. Mm-hmm. That also takes a little away from relievers that at least when you rolled it out there, they have a two, there were two pathways to success. Yeah. Without that, it's you're not getting many innings from them. So I don't think I would start a third reliever unless I was really chasing saves and holds or trying to really uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you, especially with there being zero dollar bids. Yeah. I'm okay if that's a deficiency that I have. Yeah, you can stream mm-hmm. that. You can stream that later on if you need it. Or yeah, you can trade for I, it probably those pretty guys easily. started to go. A few of them went, like, right, uh, Hector Norris went and Tyler Rogers went. So, like, some of the some of the better hold guys already started disappearing. Um, Justin, what do you think here? You see the board in front of you. Uh, mm-hmm. Just scroll up to the top here. Anything stand out in terms of any team builds or any players going earlier or later than you would have expected, even with the – the different this is on here. this is on base percentage as well, right? On base percentage, yeah, pay, yeah. No, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, I mean, Corbin Carroll going at the end of the first round, yeah, feels like a pretty nice steal. Um, yeah, well, I, I do love, I do love that start for uh, CJ Coltenbach, uh, Carroll. Olsen, but I yeah, don't love true. that his first two starting pitchers are Peralta and Gilbert. Though I do like Gilbert a lot more than most. You're not a on Peralta? I just I worry about the downside. I mean, a 15 team league, like what I'm drafting for is relative safety early. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tend to stay away from you know guys like uh Peralta, um Guys like you know, you know, Jordan. I understand why he goes in the middle of the first round on base percentage league. I'm not drafting him there. Aaron Judge, not drafting him in the middle of the first round, uh, even though you know, by just if you just plug in the numbers, he probably belongs there. 
uh, just it's just too much risk for me. Really, Jeff? The injuries for I've heard you say that on the podcast. Yeah, I just you know just a guy who gets injured, and you know I'm looking for you know like Freddie Freeman at pick ten to me feels like just an absolute bargain. Um, Ryan Noda just went. That was crazy. Damn. I like Noda. I like. Yeah, me Noda. too. But just right. I think it's out of spot. He's he went before Vaughn, Low, Drury. Like yeah, that's, that's a little crazy. That's a little wild. Um, there's still some <clears throat> some actually pretty good names on the board. It just it's different when you've been doing so many NFPC drafts and you see certain names that are still there. Like you know, even Kenley Jansen is still there at almost pick 300. It's just kind of wild. Uh, just after you've done, I've done 10 NFPC drafts this year, so it is uh, definitely just a big adjustment being in the fan tracks room. It's the first draft mm-hmm. I've done this year that's not NFPC, so it's a little bit uh, a little bit intimidating, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, Kenley has a little bit of worry about the lat right now, right? Not that we've not that they said it's been disastrous at all, but there's definitely worry about his availability. And I guess that's been it. I mean, he's worth taking. I think it's worth taking a shot now, especially if he would open up on the IL. You have the unlimited IL spots. I'm going to take a giant here, as we have our resident giant Ooh, expert wow. in the room. I'm going to go Lamont Wade. Late night. Good OBP, middle of the order. Needed to fill the corner spot. You think he plays every day? No. I'm not sure if he's an everyday player. Justin, you think he's an everyday player? No. He'll platoon. But strong, strong side. side. So. Yeah. yeah. It's almost every day. Projected for a 352 OBP, 17 homers. I have a lot of speed, so I'm, I'm okay with that. My speed is kind of risky speed, though. I've gone with uh, kind of the Ricky Bobby build here with um, Jazz Chisholm and O'Neal Cruz. That's but, a lot of risk in that speed, right? There. Oh, dude, a lot of I, risk. Had, I had that pair on my home league points league last year, and we were done for. Yeah, we were done. Yeah, a lot of risk on your whole team. Like, for me, uh, yeah. I mean, I love your first three picks, but Glass now scares the crap out of me. Yeah, Chisholm, Cruz, uh, you know, Springer, um, Bo Naylor, Hunter Brown, Yoshida. Caminaro. Too risky for you? Yeah, it's, it's it's a little bit too risky for me. I really like what Zach Steinhorn is doing. Uh, Kyle Tucker, Devers, Logan Webb, Nico Horner, Pryor Reynolds, Tanner Bybee, uh, Devin Williams. Uh, though, like you said, taking the elite closer early might might have been a little bit of a mistake. But I just lo- – I mean, I love every single one of his picks up until we get to, like, I don't know, the 13th, 14th, 15th. Um, like, he he yeah, put together a really solid start to his draft. Yeah, I definitely leaned into the more risky build, and I think the reason for that is because I've just been so safe in my drafts this year. This is my first glass now share. Um, I have – this is my first O'Neill Cruz, I believe. I wanted to take a team where I would be a – fun team as well as a team that had a lot of upside and i might have leaned into that a little bit too much yeah i think it's just the compounding of it that i have yeah. i don't have a problem with the yeah. only nice thing that makes it kind of worth the risk is tout wars unlike most leagues you're ever going to find has unlimited il spots yes. and so like you can like you're never going to run into a point in which oh i have too many of my guys on the il at the same time i gotta drop somebody um yeah. 
So that is a nice thing. So I think you can kind of take a couple more gambles than maybe you normally would. I just don't love compounding all that early because it's your, you know, your fourth, your fifth, your sixth, your eighth, you know, are all kind <laughs> of risks. Yeah, you're right. I don't, like, you're everything. I don't know if I'd put Springer in the same bucket as those other guys. Like he's still risky, but I don't know if he's, you think he's as risky as the Chisholms of the world? I don't think he's as risky to like miss like the whole season, but I mean, he's, he's always banged up right here. Right. And like yeah. last year was like a, one of the first years in a while where like he hasn't, and I love George Springer. Like I'm, I'm a George Springer guy. I always have been. Um, but yeah, don't love it. Not going to lie to you, Joe. I'm not going to come up, come on here and, and, uh, and just like fluff you. I well, gotta, I, yeah. I gotta tell you the truth. Uh, <laughs> Let's take look, look. Let's look at John. John T. Uh, judge. I had the judge, right? I had the judge. Yeah. Picture, really. I love Wheeler. Robert, like I'm not you. Uh, you did the same thing, Judge Robert <laughs> <laughs> Royce Lewis. Um. Uh. But man, your pitching is is pretty fucking fun. Oh my god. Yeah, Zach I should. Wheeler, I'm, I'm Grayson. hoping I'm good there. Yeah, Imanaga was a guy like I wasn't super in on um, until Potapalooza and then talking with Nick Pollock and Eric Smolski. They kind of like turned me around on him a little bit. Um, and, Jason, uh, you know, I want to ask you, uh, Justin, I'm going to ask you a question about that. Yeah. So, Eno, right, we're having more import players coming, but it's also happening at the same time that we have – Statcast and Hawkeye and Trackman, whatever the hell these things are, mm-hmm. and it makes for a what I'm seeing, or at least the proof being in the pudding of teams being willing to invest. It seems like our understanding of the transition might be a little more seamless. Granted, something you talk about all the time: culture change, food change, traveling, time zones. Very difficult, and, and yeah. not to be undersold. But I feel like our translation of like stuff and how the actual pitching is going to move. I feel like we're getting better at that now. So like when people are saying, yeah, I trust this because it's movement and you know things that we can equate, IVB and break movement, velocity and stuff. Like I've been more willing to buy into it. Now that granted, I have not gotten a Yamamoto where he's going because it's such a premium. Yeah. But to hear Eno say like he thinks he's going to start as a top five SP in the league is something that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to buy that. Uh quite as much as maybe like Eno uh, or other people in the industry. And, and probably the reason I'm not going to have Yamamoto anywhere this year uh, is like I, and probably not a lot of Imanaga as well, but Imanaga is going quite a bit cheaper is just, yeah, I yeah, don't right. know how they're going to translate. It's yeah. such a different, like it's a different game, right? Like, you know, we've seen plenty of guys who go over to Korea, go over to Japan and like, are fantastic and then come back and they're they might be good but well like, but how about this look at sango last year mm-hmm. it took him a long time to get yeah. to where we needed and but then once he got there you believed in it so isn't it that's a, that's what i'm worried about where it's not i'm like not disagreeing with all the smart people i'm just worried that the changes might take longer to stick that yeah. we need them to in a, in a fantasy league where you took him in the top 30 overall, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we really can't afford for him to struggle through June. Yeah. And, we need I mean, a lot, of these, a lot of these teams are not going to push these guys in the same way that they might push 
another another you know veteran starter. I mean, the, oh, I, I know they're all technically rookies, but they're not rookies. Like, right? They they you know they are used to workloads, but they're not going to be pushed like. Like I'd be really surprised if Imanaga or Yamamoto got to 160 innings, and I'm not projecting them to get to 160 innings. I don't think it's fair. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the yeah. other things we haven't talked about a lot in uh, in the industry is how many of these Japanese and Korean pitchers get injured, right? Like, and that probably uh, has to do with the translation, right? Yeah, like you know they're pitching on a different schedule. They're you know they're throwing a lot. You know, they're throwing more pitches. They're trying to pitch with more velocity. They're, you know, like, and, you know, a lot of them have made it through their first year and then got hurt the second year, Senga, Otani. But that's not guaranteed that they're going to get to through that first year either. So I just think there's more risk than, especially Yamamoto's ADP suggests. Yeah, that's tough. I, yeah, he he's a really fun underdog pick, Yamamoto. I you know, you know like if you hit like the idea like if he if he hits and yep. runs with it underdog dfs i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing a lot of yamamoto in dfs for sure yeah that's like, another right? good one yeah you know but uh you know this is like it's like hunter green i was talking about hunter green with with uh with paul uh on the sleeper in the bus yesterday and said i'm gonna use hunter green all the time in dfs because if he ruins my night oh well that's one night yeah. But I don't want him to ruin my season. Like, yeah. I, you know, and so sure. it, if Yamamoto was going in, like, the seventh or eighth round, and I can get him as my number two or my number three, I'd feel pretty good about it. But by the time we get to, like, main event drafts in March, he's going to be, like, a third-round pick. Like, I just, I can't do that. He went early third in my TGFBI league. It might have been two-three yeah. turn. might have been two-three turn. And, he, yeah, he might be going in the second round. If he, if he continues to just shove, like, yeah, he might go in the second round. Well, in that Korea series, if he's starting one of the games, right? If he goes seven shutout, he's going in the second round, main event. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. You'll see. Even, you'll see. You'll see some people take him in the first round. That wow. would that would be that so? would be insanity. That would be if insane. He, it, if he goes out and throws like seven scoreless against the Padres in Korea, yeah, we'll watch someone. I mean, I don't think I don't think they'll go there regularly, but. Like when we had the the Japan series, the um, the Mariners and the A's years ago, there were insane prices on the guy. You know, Domingo Santana like moved up like four or five rounds. Like, you know, like there were just insane prices on guys who had big opening series. Um, there was a dude who got uh, a win just randomly. I can't remember who it was, and it was like a, it was a reliever, and he was like going in the twentieth round. Like he was not going to get drafted. <laughs> In any league, had he not gotten that win, but people paid like up, you know, ten rounds just to get one extra win. Like people would go insane when we have these early series. These free looks, yeah. As for head-to-head leagues, are those gonna is, is that gonna count for head-to-head? I, I think it depends know. on your settings. No, yeah. head, well, I, I am in a home league head-to-head. I have taken a very firm stance; it should not count. I don't think it should either. Head to head is played in a time frame. Yeah. Okay. Like when there are, and we all know this, and that's why I was surprised that people are even on the other side of this. Like to me, it's not really an opinion. If you have a head to head matchup that's being determined on a Sunday and there is a rain out, you lose. That's it. There is no, there's no, oh, I was supposed to, but Justin, I was supposed to get two starts. I, I wanted Monday start. No, you, you lose. That's it. Yep. You lose. You don't get Absolutely. the second start. No. Wait, yeah. uh, 
Okay. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. I played ADP chicken with my CI, and I got stung in the arse. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Tim Anderson pick right there. Damn. Yeah, that's late for Tim Anderson. 21st Thanks. round. Damn. It's getting to the point where I don't like anybody left on the board pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're in the 21st round. So. <laughs> How do you know you're in the 21st round? <laughs> oh, man. I wanted Drury or Ty France. They've been like my total fullback CIs. And they both went on that sh- like little rap. And Vaughn went, oh, I'm screwed. Oh, you're going to take the guy man. I want. I know you're going to take the guy I want. I, I don't. Even, I may just dump now. I'm gonna take Chapman and vomit. Oh crap, yo! Oh, so brutal. I booted <laughs> it. Wait, I just booted it one round too long, and there was like nothing. Yeah, Chapman's the only like even half viable guy. I mean, he's better in OBP than he is in average leagues. Oh, that sucks. A second ago, when I said you're going to take my guy, you took my guy. <laughs> but, yeah, but, right, you had to be looking at the same kind of group, right? Vaughn or Drury, which is funny. France, I had Noda circled because yeah, I really like Roy Noda. He went before all of them. I think Carlos went a little early on. That's a show. steal on Chapman right there. That's yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's going to sign somewhere. And You think so? I think so, too. Yeah, he's got it. He has right? to. He has to. So he could be a fit for – he's a good fit for San Diego then, right? They need a third baseman? Well, no, they got Machado. Oh, I forget he's back. I forget. Uh, San Francisco. He could be in, oh, he yeah, yeah. He could be in San Francisco. I think Toronto should re-sign him. Like, I just think they really yeah. – like, going in with their infield right now. Like, obviously, you've got Bichette. You've got Vladdy. Oh, right. But um, – they yeah they they should be they should they should is, is Manny going to start in the field? Do we he's starting in the field? Do you think? I don't know if he is, but they've got plenty of guys they can just throw in there for right yeah. now. Um, so, and you're not you're not going to sign you're not going to sign Chapman to a four year deal or something like that or a three year. What deal. the hell is Toronto doing at third base right now? We're doing nothing. We're, we're Biggio, Biggio, kind of falafel. Uh, I think. Falafel? Yeah. So, oh, but. Kind of falafel looks better at second base if you got Chapman at third, right? Like so, like then you can rotate Schneider yeah. and in uh, in Biggio and kind of falafel at second and in other places on days off. Uh, and, but you know, Chapman just makes your defense better, and when you're playing on turf like that, uh, you want your defense to be better. So like Chapman just makes too much sense. It could have been Chapman and Tim Anderson, and it's going to be kind of falafel. And Turner, like it's just brutal. Yeah, just we brutal. were talking about something, Joe, before that I want to ask Mason about, and it's because okay. I have been, I have felt pretty strongly that fifteen team five outfielder outfield is not deep. Justin and Paul were actually just saying that they thought it was the other day, and again, it's not like it's right or wrong. If you have a, all you need is a couple guys in the back of your head to do it, but I feel like this board's a good making my 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 point of it. Like by the time we were in round sixteen. Gosh, Starling, Marte, Varsho, Lee, that's the end of the road, man. It gets, you know, Benson, Freelick, Rooker, these guys are not even, even now, like Kanya and Marsh. Marsh is banged up and Velasquez. These are very flawed players. It might be platoon guys. But I mean, in a 15 team, like every back end of your roster is all, all guys that, you know, might not be very good. Like, yeah, it's, it's I, I think, I think the idea that like outfield is that much worse. When you can get, you know, guys like Avisel Garcia is playing every day. Oh my God. And he's not going to get drafted in this. Right. 
you know, and, and probably for good reason, but like you can still find plate appearances or you can find high upside lack of plate appearances. Yeah. Um, I think what, what, what this year is, is every position has depth, but there are huge drop-offs in every position. And yeah. so it's a matter of being able to navigate like, Hey, what position do I not like the big drop-offs at the end? Uh, and so for me, I don't have a problem with outfield. I really don't like it for me. Shortstop, like shortstop's so good at the top. And then as you start getting towards the back end, you go, well, it's Tim Anderson or bust. Like, you know, and so like in my TGFBI, like I took Lindor in the second round over guys that in prior drafts, I'd been drafting in the second round, like Riley and Albies, because I just didn't want to deal with the later end of the draft. Plus I wanted to share of Lindor, but uh, like, yeah, I just, I, I think, figure out what position looks, you know, good to you at the end and then kind of construct for or construct forward from there. That's good advice. So you'd rather jump Lindor than Austin Riley. You'd rather take care of shortstop than third base. There's so many third basemen I like this year. Yeah. Like, um, and like, it's, uh, let's see. Let me bring up the ADP. I mean, Josh John getting hurt, like, you know, kind of sours a little bit of it. But, like, we're talking about, like, I, you know, I think Eugenio Suarez is in a really good spot in, um, in Arizona. You just took Matt Chapman. Uh, I mean, everybody loves Mikel Garcia. Uh, you know, like, um, so, like, you know, Keith, or Colt Keith, uh, Colt, Colt Keith, I can never say his name right. You know, he's going, and Michael Bush is still out there. Like, you know, do I want to have to rely on those guys? No, but. You know, like, I don't mind taking them. And, you know, when you get to shortstop, like, it's just, like, yeah, like, the top 13, 14, 15 are really, really good. But if you don't have your shortstop, like, do you really want to gamble on a Bryce Terang even making the team? Jordan Lawler's not going to make the team. I'm in Rosario. is probably on the short side of platoon. Orlando Arcia just sucks at hitting. You know, Chris Taylor, destroy your batting average. Like, Mason Wynn, or is he even a starter now with Brennan Crawford in town? Like, uh, like it just there's so many, like, kind of gross guys at the at back end for shortstop. So. Is Danielle okay after that? After uh, the Cardinals? I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I think she's, she's pretty sad. Like, that was the last of kind of the big three from the Giants, um, you know, playoff days you know and posey and, and belt and crawford and she was really hoping crawford was going to retire a giant but like my brother-in-law is really upset about it. Oh, i don't get it why do you do something like this you're a fr- you grew up a giants fan you've been a giant your whole life why would like the giants didn't want him it's like what does he have left to prove i was like probably nothing but maybe he just wants to play he's been playing baseball since he was five years old he's you know, in his late 30s, like, he wants to keep playing baseball. It's all he knows. And if the Giants don't want him to play there, then, hey, maybe he just needs to go, you know, play somewhere else, you know? It just always looks so weird when a guy spends his whole career and then he has one year at the end, like the Tony Parker going yeah. to Charlotte Hornets or, like, I'm a hockey guy, Martin Brodeur, the goalie for the Devils, yeah. playing 20 games for the St. Louis Blues at the end of his career. Like, it always just looks a little bit weird. Um, I don't know if Crawford's going to be – you think he'll have any kind of fantasy viability this year? No. No? I doubt it. No. Like, I mean, you know, he's, he's still a very good defensive player, but, like, offensively he's just horrible. Like, NL only, you know, dollar days type thing. 
Mm. Um, but outside of that, like, I, I don't think so. John, you got uh, what? Are, what are your? What are you missing still here? I'm missing my second row. catcher. All of whatever second catchers were worth their weight in baseballs just went, and so I'm gonna like last round Renee Pinto and Beans, or I'm gonna cry and just deal with it. You know what I mean? Like if these things happen, I got caught. You know, I got caught. I like that Renee Pinto and Beans. That's yeah, I got caught. I got caught, man. I got caught. You know, I was looking at Camposano. Jeffers have been my like. The eject button guys at the very, very, very end, they went right before me, and it happens. But, you know, you look at all these things. People are flawed, and a backup catcher hopefully is the lowest bar. Again, hey, maybe, who knows, maybe Pinto will be decent. We've also had, like, catchers pop up the last couple of years. That's yeah. Possible. I mean, it. you have to kind of adjust when you're in an on-base potential league, too, because there are a number of catchers you can walk, right? Um, so yeah, you have to like kind of readjust, but like if, if I don't end up like Camposano and I think Shangling Galeers is one of my last guys, like where I go, if I don't get one of those guys, my C2, um, I'm just waiting. Like I'll just, whatever, I'll throw a Freddie Furman in there. Or, yeah. That's where I'm at right now. My man. Like yep. I'm, you know, like I'm not going to like jump up anybody into like the mid twenties just to like be like, Oh, I got my catcher. I'll, I'll just, yeah, wait. right. There were, there were still players that I want on my bench that could move the needle for me. Absolutely. Opposed to this, this pick is shot. That, that roster space is done. It's done for. There's nothing you can, now you make a great point, Josh. People do that. Oh, I, I tell you, I just took this guy complete who cannot profit even from a 25th round spot. is not going to profit you. Just let it go, man. Just drop it back. Yeah. Take what you, you take what you can get. You know what it is? What it is. Especially in a league like this, where you can like roster stashes. Um, like, you know, like when, you know, you can, you take the injured players, like if I, I've never been in any of the tout wars, like snake drafts, I've always been in the auctions, yeah. but I would be very, very open to like, Hey, my last five rounds are all injured guys. Right. I'll, I'll just fab new ones, <laughs> you know, once fab opens, but That's I'm, my, I'll just baby. load up my go. last five. Yeah, I'm just gonna, my last five guys are going to be injured guys that I'm just going to like know, like, hey, I'm not going to get any profit from right now, but maybe I'll get them later. And I know I can pick up five new guys off full hire once. Uh, fat yep. I just took Max Meyer for that same reason. Yep. Like, why take Freddie Fermin right now? Like, that's absolutely silly yeah. to take a backup catcher when, especially with the IL spots, Meyer's going to start an IL. And you're going to stash him, and he's going to be a hot waiver ad at some point this year, more yep. likely than not. And, you know, so yeah, to me, yeah, we're very much simpatico on that. Try and max out the profit, you know, when you add the catch or whatever. The only other thing that I would do, you know, and obviously you need to, like, know what your league rules are in terms of how this Korea series is going to work. But if your Korea series is a completely different scoring period than the rest, load up on those guys. Right, load up on like you know, Padres and Dodgers relievers, and maybe you luck into a save or a win or something like that. Obviously, there's no saves wins here. The saves hold, so maybe you load up on a bunch of relievers from those games, knowing that you're going to drop them, you know, right after that series. But since it's a different scoring period, and I don't know if it is for this or not, but um if it's a different scoring period, then you're going to drop all those guys and you go pick up new guys. 
Yeah. I really agree with you, John, that that should not be a thing. I don't think that that should even be an option for people. It's either you got to roll it into the first head-to-head week or exclude it altogether, I think. Yeah, for I, I kind of – I heard the argument made for Roto, and I guess, you know – For, Ro- for Roto, Roto, you, Roto yeah. you can't – yeah, you can't exclude it. But they Fred should be included like, in the season staff. Yeah, it's got to be, yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought – right, didn't – it's funny because I did catch blowback. I felt like my rain delay example – or pushback example, or you know, is what happens. So I felt like that was a good analogy. But you know, you could, you know, you guys have probably both been a commissioner, and it's very hard to satisfy everyone. You know, I hate oh, it. you're not, you're never gonna satisfy. Everyone. Yeah, I try, I, man. We try so hard, go out of our way, and you know what? Some of that is what pushes our league to be so progressive. We're always changing rules and making stuff up that is is very customized that everyone feels like you know we're playing a fair game. But like, yeah, it's. Joe said, what risk goes John Means? That's a Mason guy. I know Justin's going to approve because that's a Justin guy right there. I, I love John Means, dude. Like, I, you know, I haven't done his projection. He's, he's one of my next to do. But uh, pre-projection, I just, you know, like, he he's just been good. He just hasn't been healthy. And now he's, well, he's going to be behind a little bit. Uh, but, again, one of these guys you can throw in your IL and tout wars since you have unlimited IL and be okay. Yeah, round uh, 24. Yeah. I mean. Oh, my gosh. When you're mad, someone took Jay Cronenworth. You know it's late in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> You've been playing fantasy baseball too long at that point. Well, I got my uh, whole starting lineup filled up now. It's just about the reserves, the backups. Um, I think if there's any pick that really surprised me in this whole draft, it was it was Chris Towers going for Kodai Senga in the 11th round. Yeah, I saw it. That's, uh, that's a ballsy freaking I didn't play. Really like that Good for me to know because I'm pretty sure Chris Towers is in my labor tra- labor <laughs> auction next week so or next weekend. so Or this weekend, I guess. Is Not you, really next weekend. So you, you're NL or mixed? I'm in mixed. Okay. So I think he's I, I don't know who's in my labor draft. That's I should probably actually figure that out. It was hard to keep track of who was in this league because there were so many uh additions and subtractions. It was initially gonna be Todd Zola and then he traded himself for, for DVR and then there was a couple other switches. Um I'm not sure if I got my Q pick or the pick I tried to get it at the last second. Who did I have a blank spot on mine? Um, they paused it. Let me see. Let me refresh. Uh, apparently, it's not. Apparently, Chris is not in my labor job. He must be in AL or NL. Well, bummer. Uh oh. They sent a message. Right, it pa- yeah. That's that's okay. That's weird. It paused. I had a player in my queue. They sent a message to you in the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. Oh, that all right. See, well, there's a format thing. I'm used to. I, usually, I if you time out, I thought of my top. I thought the queued player would go in. Yeah, is that not what happened? No, that's not what happened. It froze. Is Todd gonna reverse it or something? Okay, yeah, he got it. So, um, Fresh. Oh, they have to it like timed out. Maybe he has to like manually manually put it in there. Yeah. 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 
So uh, they well, probably well, they yeah. probably have it set up where it just skips your pick and then he's got to manually go back. Yeah, but oh, well, as long as no one else, I guess as long as no one else grabs it, it's in the chat. But that was Eric Emmett uh, Sheehan. He put it in there. I see it. Oh, okay, cool. I yeah, again, uh, Sheehan. I don't know. Weird. He kind of got pushed out. The Dodgers brought in all these guys, and but when Bueller didn't look like he's going to start the season, mm-hmm. I would think Sheehan. Maybe yeah, Sheehan, Sheehan should be the five, and then Michael Grove will be the six. Yeah, um, and maybe some of the worry, Mason, is that there aren't enough games to get a fifth starter, a full lot every, in the beginning. Everybody in that good. rotation has injury problems, though. Yeah, I mean, but he's also a good bench guy, right? It's a good bench yeah. guy to have. Yeah, I, I I like that pick. That's a good. Yeah, I think if because... he, I feel like yeah, I feel like if he gets the nod, I want to start him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's one of those guys where like, yeah, maybe he might be on the outside looking in once Bueller does come back and is ready. But by the time Bueller comes back, like maybe Glasnow's hurt, maybe uh, a guy like James Paxton who's always hurt is hurt. So like, yeah, yeah, not not just really gonna go. Like so, like you know, is Yamamoto even healthy by you know that time? Like in how many times have we said, oh, this guy's gonna be back in May, and then it's like middle of August and they're still not back. So like Bueller, like I'm not sure, I'm not touching Bueller this year. Like I just scare the he scares the crap out of me. Right. I already drafted him once, and it was the only time I drafted him was in a gladiator as my SP two. So fun times there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I honestly, I think when they initially said that he was hurt or he was behind, they announced it on like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or something, and I completely missed it. I completely missed it for like three weeks. It was it was a big red flag for me when he didn't come back at all last year. That was like I was like, oh okay, that's that's scary. But then after like, a six month layoff, how is he still not ready? Yeah, well, like if a guy doesn't finish the year on the mound, I rarely will draft them. Mm. Like I just I I don't want to touch them if they did not finish the year on the mound the previous year. That's yeah. fair. I just figured after what was the last time he pitched? Like August of twenty two, something like that. It's a long time. Like long he's had a, he's had plenty of time to recover, but like. I think we take for granted that like these are this is a that's a really serious surgery like that's like yeah, you know it's true. I think the success rate has been so amazing that we go oh everybody comes back from it not everybody comes back from it like it's just you know yeah. so all right guys I'm gonna run because I actually have some uh, actual work to do um, but uh, good luck with the rest of your guys's drafts uh, right, I hope you hope one of you guys takes it down uh, yeah I hope and, so uh, with have our you ever played on Roto just, have you played this website? Yes, yeah. I've been in Tout Wars for yeah I, four or I'm five gonna, years. Um, I have to redeem myself. I had some technical um, difficulties. On me, the website did not get along well. On Roto back- cost me the championship in my first ever uh, Tout Wars sleep. What? Just um, what uh, problems executing and stuff, or could not figure out how to pick up a minor leaguer. Yeah. Uh, oh, I and, hear you, brother. And Dude. one Soto came up. Ugh. I would have put like, you know, 40, 50 bucks on him. And he went to f- for 14 bucks to somebody. And I was, and that was the difference. It was a head, head to head league. I, I think I finished in third place. Like, if I had gotten one Soto, like, he would have been, uh, he would have carried me to a championship. And um, yeah, it, it was, Quite, quite a bummer. I'm much more uh, adapt to it now, but uh, Joe may not understand this reference, but I think that uh, because he's a, he's a little bit younger than you and I, uh, but John should. 
the website was built by GeoCities. Oh, okay. I've called it Commodore 64. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I mean, <laughs> Playing so, Commando. Playing yeah. Commando on and Tapper on Commodore 64. Why did they use on Roto? Why don't they use NFBC or something or Fantrax or what? I know we're drafting on Fantrax, but why do they still use it? I know? think just because that's where it's been forever. Um, okay. And then the other guys that run it uh, and um, everybody complains about it. Uh, I don't know if and when they're ever going to change it. I hope they do at some point. Uh, I mean, it is very customizable. Mm. So I kind of, I understand it a little bit. You know, they, you know, they can, but Fantrax is really customizable too. And I don't love the Fantrax platform in general, but I'll take it over on Roto any day. Um, I mean, for me, like, yeah, why don't you guys put on NFBC? Um, you know, NFBC can, the problem with NFBC, I think they can't run a league like this, right? I don't think they can do, I don't think they have a setup for innings and saves holds and stuff like that. So I think that is probably stopping them from doing NFBC. Plus I'm sure all the stuff that happened in the NFBC. Like, why don't we play on fan tracks? I think you guys should, but not up to me. I know. So, um, uh, I I mean, I, I would much rather play on fan tracks. You know, I'm in the mixed the mixed auction, which is just a standard 15 team league, uh, and we could play on NFPC, we could play on Fantrax, we could play on ESPN. I'd rather do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it is what it is. I love I love Tout Wars. Uh, it was such an honor to get invited to my first year uh, years ago, and uh, I go back to New York every single year for it. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to being there in like two and a half weeks. Uh, actually, I think I leave two weeks from yeah two weeks from tomorrow. I uh, take off for for New York, uh, and this week take off for my first year in labor. So I'm looking forward to that cool. as well. That's awesome, man. I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out Justin's work on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB Sleeper in the Bust. Um, at Friends with Fantasy Benefits. What am I missing here? Fantasy Pros. Yeah, Fantasy Pros now too. Uh, yeah, just you know all over the place. Uh, finally starting to like get like healthy after I, I was sick all through Potapalooza and uh and yesterday I was just like crashed uh even took a nap this morning that's that's why I showed up so late you I saw you send the message I was like I'm gonna lay down for an hour I, I, I get to take worry, a nap but uh, I was doing pitching projections till like two three o'clock in the morning wow so I'm a hundred starting pitchers deep already and I still have like another like 80 to 100 to go so uh it's a fun time of year. Fun time of year for sure. Um, but I appreciate you coming on, man. I know you're 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 busy as all hell right now, so it's uh, it's great to talk with you again. We just saw each other on the weekend, but it's uh, always great catching up, man. Yeah, it's great to see you guys. Uh, look forward to uh, catching up again on another podcast, or maybe in person one of these days uh, uh, soon. Okay, I hope so. Well, you'll know you'll have to deal with me in the fall, but uh, I'm sure we'll yeah. talk before then. Absolutely. All right, take care, friend. guys. You take care. Okay. You're on a clock, Joey. Justin Mason, everybody. Um, yeah, he almost makes me time out here, my good friend Justin Mason, but no, it's not on Justin, of course. Um, who do we have left in our queue here? There's not a hell of a <laughs> not lot. Not much, bro. Not a hell of a lot. No. Um, okay, let's let's take a shot here on somebody who has horrible OBP. It's the first horrible I'm OBP. He's still out there for so long, Jose Siri, man. He's tool, he's toolsy. You might need that. Yeah, power speed. Um, I think he's probably gonna have a regular role versus righties versus lefties. Uh, 
I, I don't mind it for a reserve round pick. I think I could do worse. Right. I agree. I want yeah, I mean, to you. They let this guy, if they let him lose, yeah, it's power and speed, and you need that. I really wanted LeMayhew in the last round. Um, Jeff Boggess, again, with a, with a late diamond, round 25, a guy who's probably going to lead off for the Yankees. I know. <laughs> Dude, I'm a tremendous Yankee fan, so I cannot stand LeMayhew. Like, I no. just... That cut the whole the whole thing. I didn't like it when it happened. Then right, he was okay. I just never feel didn't feel like if I don't know. I felt like we were paying for the downside, and you need more pop. And I don't know. He's like a glue type of player, right? I yeah. guess it's okay. I just don't see him as a leadoff guy. You're not that you're wrong because I think that's where he'll be. That's what Curlin has projected, and that's what Jason has projected as well. So I mean, I got to defer to those guys. You know, you said yeah, we no, I don't the, think you're wrong. I don't think I outsource wrong. playing time for sure. I don't do that myself. Um, and everybody right now thinks he'll lead off. I don't think he necessarily should lead off. Like I think honestly, the best leadoff hitter there might be Soto, just based on how often he's going to get on base. But I don't really. Right. I think he'll be probably the number two guy. Amazing that Volpe was leading off at points with a sub three hundred OBP. Just yeah. I get, you know, it was the first time we've ever seen the Yankees really kind of roll a rookie into the ground. You know, like yeah. it's funny they were like, "Well, you guys want us to play the rookies, right?" They were like, "You want us, right? Don't you want us?" Because we would always say, as Yankee fans, "Where are the young kids? Everyone else has rookies. They're all prospects. Why don't we have prospects? We never have, you know, we never grow anybody anymore. It's been twenty years or whatever." And they're like, "Okay, here you go. <laughs> here you go. You want you want more Oswald Cabrera and Oswaldo Peraza? Here you go. Would you like some?" Would you a like lot of people more? liked it, and I liked it too that they let Volpe kind of figure it out at the big league level and didn't just yeah. send him down right away. It's good now he's got that experience. What do you think about him for this next year? The batting average still worries me. A yeah. lot of smart people have told me that they think he's closer to a 240, 250 guy than a 200, 210 guy. I think he's probably like 230, 240. The thing that I worry about a little bit is people are saying, well, 2020 is the floor for him now. Well, that was playing every single game of the season. If there's any wiggle room on, like, what if he plays 140? Then is he a 16 and 15 guy? Like, and you can progress as well as a prospect. And you, there's nothing to say you can't add a couple right. homers and steals this year. But it was a very volume based season where he was killing your batting average. Not great runs in RBI. If he's still at the bottom of the order, I don't really love him where he's going. He's the top 10 round pick um, in NFBC leagues. I don't love him, but I know yeah, a lot I of people out there. Personally, I haven't gotten there. Uh, too many flaws. I worry about it. At the very least, a downgrade to the bottom of the lineup. I I feel like that's there's no certainties, but like I feel strongly he's going to hit in the bottom third. Yeah. So there goes your plate appearances, which alludes to what you mentioned. Somebody who needs them in order to pile because we haven't really seen high end skills yet. I mean, it's yeah. and I like him, and I, I right, we have to be very careful to analyze what we've seen without saying that's it. Like it's it's. This, his career might be phenomenal. And well, I write this all the time at the Athletic, all the time. MLP's hard. Like, it's really hard. It's really, really, really hard. It's really, really, really hard game that takes a long time for even the best people in the world. And even when you're the best in the world, it's hard to stay the best in the world. The ebb and flow, peaks and valleys. So, like, again, I mentioned trajectory. He might be great. So it comes down to us as redraft players in the, at the price and I just think he's a little too expensive with some downside. Again, as a Yankee fan, I hope he is great and breaks out, but yeah. they're kind of pushing him out of the front of the lineup, it feels like. Like, I don't think there's room for him. Not really. And I think, you know, if you're constructing your team when you get to the point where you want to draft Volpe, like, you need to have such a high floor of batting average for me to really – like, if you have a build that's like Freddie Freeman, Corey Seager, 
and those types, and I can I can understand it, but I really do worry that he might just be a 230 guy again this year, 220, 230, and he improves, but it doesn't improve to the point where he's actually helping you. And again, prospect growth isn't linear. There's nothing to say that he is going to improve this year. He might, right. but it's not a guarantee. We're just down to the last couple rounds here. Yeah, Start to see some interesting names go off the board. Manzardo lasted a little longer than I thought. Oh. Yeah, I'm just like filling him. It's funny that we mentioned I I actually passed on James Paxton for Jack Flaherty. I've been like the Flaherty guy for the price, of course. <laughs> but Paxton seems like a good play in an IL league. Yeah, I don't mind Paxton at all. Like it, almost to what you mentioned with Glassdown, where he's not telling Glassdown to permanent pieces. No. But when he's out there, he's a guy you want you proactively want to start him when he's pitching for the Dodgers. So I'm just if you can't tell. A lot of times my benches, Joe, just to get uh, strategic, a lot of times I like to fill in my offense with guys I'm not planning on replacing and then just pile on the pitches, bro, because yeah. uh, Sporer refers to it, and it might have been him and Pollock. They mentioned team streaming, right, having a wealth of pitchers that are not every week guys, but you draw from that well in order to stream. Right, and I have found that is my mo- not only my favorite, but it's my most successful means of playing ba- fantasy baseball. Upfront like- plate appearances are hard to find. Guys that are not platooned are hard to find. Not to say pitchers are easy, but there's so many of them because there's five starters and the injury rate with the guys returning. That just I like to fill up on sure plate appearances and then just whoop, go, just stack the starters, man, because we all know. Unless you have a top two round starter, nobody wants to throw anyone up against the Braves. Yeah. And you wish you had James Paxton pitching against, you know, even if it's the Diamondbacks or pitching against the Cubs, rather than, you know, even like I said, a good pitcher, you know, having to pay to face the Braves. I almost I don't think I started anyone against the Braves last year, to be honest. Right? Why would you? I don't, yeah, unless you're talking about the top five or seven pitchers, this really, I mean, even then sometimes. Right. This is weekly, right? We're setting these lineups weekly, right? Not That's daily. Right. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Thank God for that. Daily is a little much. My home league is daily, and it's kind of the only one I can can do at this point. My home and, league and is like, to you people, all the power to the daily people. I get it. It's a lot of fun, and it's a great way to manage your team. Because yeah. it really gets a lot of nuance. It's very, very difficult. And unless you have a league full of people that can handle it, it almost becomes unfair, right? It becomes like the mm-hmm. the unemployment league. You know, <laughs> we've, we've, I, I've, ha- I've had that experience before. Now I kind of work at home, so I'm probably the nightmare in that league. But I've been in that league where – and I, I don't, this, again, a long time ago, I was an electrician. Electricians wake up here before the crack of dawn. Dude, I'm up at 4.30 in the morning, and people made moves already. Yeah. And you're like, how did I possibly get beat to it? Uh, then one or two guys would be up watching the West Coast stuff. And, uh, you know, Robert Suarez comes off the mound with a strained shoulder at 325 Eastern, which he's around for, and boop, they make immediate moves. It makes it almost not fair, right? We want the play a little more leveled, or I, I do. Yeah. Um, Joe, I, I, like these, I like these later picks, man. So Joe went Beatty, Jose Siri, Alex Cobb, Tyler McGill. That's a good one. DVR just went four outfielders in a row. Out Thomas, Tommy Pham, Edward Oliveris, and Richie Palacios. You know, he had that, like, I'm going to fill in the outfield later, Joe. Not that those yeah. guys are bad in a vacuum. 
I don't think you're getting enough plate appearances there. You know, you're probably not. Like he went Alvarez and then didn't take another outfielder until Sawinski. Sawinski's tough because like he goes so hot and cold. There's weeks where you're gonna want to sit him, and it's gonna just be tricky. Marte's getting older. It's. I think I agree with you that he he did kind of make up for it a little bit, but I still think he's lacking in, in plate appearances for sure. Brutal. Last two picks here for Big John. Oh my gosh, I really don't even. I like. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I know who I wanted to come away with. Oh, come on, come on. My things. Oh, I'm gonna get timed again. This freaking thing. The queue is. Ah, oh, timed again, man. My computer froze. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh shit, man. Oh, that's so annoying. It happened again. Who did you have up there? Gasser. Okay. Robert Gasser. Yeah, Robert Gasser, Milwaukee, I was looking at. Yeah, I think uh, you should be good. You should be good here. In the- yeah, but I'm, I just feel bad because I'm like, I'm, what I don't get is the queue, the queue is not, it, the queue is not, it's not taking the top player. It should. It, it That should be a yeah. default on every site. I don't know why it wouldn't. But it might just be because of the custom way they have tout set up. Uh, I'm down to my last pick. I'm just trying to see if I should go for upside or a little stability maybe. Yeah, maybe I'll go for an upside play. Rosie Contreras, I, I want to be interested in him, but I just can't. I am. I am. I don't think he I missed enough bats. Well, you know, again, he's a, it's sort of like a trajectory guy, right? You're not paying for it. So yeah. you're kind of lean back on, you know, some of the pedigree and hope. For, he's only 24, you know, That's hoping true. that they could really build off him. I mean, it's funny because he was actually very good in, in the pros in 22. Yeah. His, and he's been very good in the, in the minors. Pittsburgh hasn't really developed players the last couple of years, but as of late, they've been okay. Mm. Um, I don't think Ortiz is going to keep him out for long, right? Because that's really who's blocking him. Who else is this guard? They're they're trapped. Is it Marco Gonzalez? Is he in Pittsburgh now? Okay, so it's right now the roster resource rotation. Mitch Keller, he's a lock, obviously. Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, Luis L. Ortiz, and Bailey Falter. That's Miserat, bro. Miserat. You can't run that out there. That's garbage. You can't start those guys. Ortiz maybe has a flash here or there. Could be a five starter. They're gonna have to fill in. Those guys are not any good, dude. Mar- Seriously, I mean, Marco Gonzalez is coming off a driveline, and it was funny because emojis and all this st- shit, but if he didn't read the tweet, he touched 89. Oh, Jesus Christ. Bro, like, you, the video is, he throws it, oh, everybody in the video is going, ah! Ah! and everyone's sick excited, and it was like, he touched 89, he hadn't touched 85 in two years or something. Like, maybe that's a better sign that it's over, you know, yeah. than yeah. anything. 
Yeah, start filing your retirement paperwork if you're hitting 89. Yeah, I just think, again, listen, you know, it's funny. That's one of the fun draft champion conversations where it's like, well, he's a he's a living human being with a job and a jersey. But it's like, can you get anything from him? I mean, are you ever going to want to get him? They don't strike anybody out. So, yeah, so to Rowanzi, I think – I just think he only has to be half decent because I believe that Red Sea is going to part for him. You know, I just think – I think Rowanzi is going to get a chance. He's – I mean – Especially if they, if they hit, then, like, they may need to start pushing his pitching to try and secure some actual wins. Their lineup is actually surprisingly pretty good, Pittsburgh. I agree. I agree. I agree. Got obviously, you know, O'Neill Cruz is like such a linchpin, you know, it's he's such a big part of it. Yeah, if he's not healthy, then forget it. But uh, between him and Hayes and Reynolds at the top. Mm, last pick time. Uh, mm, shit. It's just the problem is like you can find assets at this point, but they're just terrible OBP. But I guess it doesn't really matter in round 29. Oh, okay. Hello? I thought I dropped out for a second. No, no, you're there. Okay. I, th- I, th- I think I know who I want. Right, well, you- I, I'm locked. I have to take I have to take a catcher at this point. Oh, you didn't have your C two yet. No, I didn't. I took my. I never took my C two. But at the same token, and hopefully this is a lesson for people that might find themselves in somewhat deeper drafts. Joe is before Justin left. What did we say? I said Pinto or Firmin. Firmin's waiting there now. Funny, be funny if he gets if someone takes like a third catcher and it's Freddie Firmin right now. <laughs> but you know, and then you just kind of push. You just kind of push forward. You know, you just kind of you just kind of figure it out. It like is what it is, and you know, I'm gonna be waiting for. Man, I'm actually tempted to like draft Herrera over him. I just don't know if Herrera is gonna. I don't know if Herrera is gonna is gonna play to start. Yeah, I don't know about the at bats for him over the course of the season. I think he's a guy I might be like looking to add at some point. Gosh, I'm down to like I really am down to like backup catchers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forgot that Perez is in Kansas City. I kind of assumed he was going to DH a lot. But I guess that's Velasquez. Like, you think Sal Perez really catches every day? No, not at this point. Not at this point. But I don't know if Melendez is going to catch at all. Like, Fermin is probably going to get a decent run. Um, Melendez caught, what, seven times last year? Eight times? I wouldn't be surprised if it's zero or close to zero yeah oh right Perez only caught 90 games 21 at first 29 at the DH mm. so yeah that's probably my best chance of just like a split duty right now you know yeah I mean catcher there might be somebody who comes up Did where well, I should say it before you pick maybe what about Henry Davis he must have got drafted at some point right I actually didn't I, I didn't see him well, I have 40 seconds. I like I cannot time out again. DVR is gonna have my but yes. Let's see. Did he go? Maybe he went. I didn't Did I didn't you? see it, but uh he's Did like you? the great mystery because of the uh yeah, yeah, he's gone. All right, Freddie for me it is. Let's go. And like that's my you know, that's my hope. Joe, make your last one. I have to get out of here. This went a little bit longer than I thought. Ooh, Jared Jones on Pittsburgh. Derek Van Riper. Good pick to close. My out. last pick is Adam Duvall. And then we oh, I love that. Full power. God, my friend. 
All right, do you mind if I scoot out of here? No, no, that's going to... Joe, that was incredible, man. Such good content, brother. Great to chop it up with you. It's going to do it for me as well. I'm going to wrap this thing up. John, I really appreciate you coming on. Before you you kick out, is there anything you want to plug? Any articles? Yeah, just just Just, at John Legay's on Twitter. The pinned tweet is my ranks. I've been going on and on about it. All my work is streamlined through Twitter. Make sure you're checking out John's work. I'm at JoeRico99. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out. I really appreciate everybody coming along for the ride. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, take care, guys.